This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Boosters Breakaway is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Listen, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, that's fine. But if you want to support us and throw a dollar at our face a month, I wouldn't say no. I would be like, hey, thanks so much. Here's access to our Discord where you can yell at us about the Rangers and yell at other people about the Rangers. So much fun. And there's other perks and rewards also, but go check those out at patreon.com slash breakaway. But for right now, let's go to the state of the Rangers. We have plenty of great guests today. I know you'll enjoy it. Get a lot of nonsense at the end, but mostly Rangers. So stay tuned. Here we go. Hey, Bush Breakout fans, welcome to another week of the Bush Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. When we left, left, our, left our heroes, we were confused, sad, traumatized, and wanted to be held. Greg, this week we are somewhat more sane. Say hello. I do think it's funny how everyone's reaction to the podcast is just l- watching a train wreck happen in person. It's, it's, Everyone tunes in knowing exactly what the return's going to be, and they're like, oh, no. Oh, they're no. about to have their hearts broken. These poor, poor guys have no idea what's about to come in. It's just like the slow train, the cow walks on the tracks. You know what's going to happen, and you just you can't look away. I honestly, I honestly think it's one of our best episodes, though, because it, it's, everyone goes into it knowing the end, but they don't know the beginning and how we got there, and it's 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 – it's basically our own, our own tar- darkest hour. Our own it's tar- our darkest hour. It's our Tarantino, as you'd say. Yeah, it's our darkest hour. It's something like that. You know that. Winston Churchill becomes prime minister and has that emotional speech and the troops get off Dunkirk, but you don't quite know how it happened, and now you do. <laughs> and now you do. So now that this is all gone, we are gonna we have a ton of guests today, guys. First, we have, we have, first we have Drew Way from BoostersBreakaway.com, not to brag. Then we also have Brennan Cohen, who's a former uh, managing editor of a website that competes with us. And then from there, we have some guys that host some other podcasts. We have Fitzy, who's been on this podcast a bunch of times, and then Brian Wotanik to end it off. So we're going to talk about all things Rangers, State of the Rangers podcast episode. You were like, hey, what now? Well, we're here to tell you. But before we talk about that, now that we're more level-headed, how do we feel about this trade? I'm sure we go into it during the interviews also. So we we talk about this. I don't want to step on. (laughs) Step on. (laughs) Step on. Uh, Who's that? (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't want to crowd some of the space that we've already discussed with um, some of our guests that I know we've discussed already because we did some of these interviews ahead of time. Huh. If if you look at – look, it, it was our own fault. I don't know why we thought all of a sudden JT Miller's inclusion in the trade was going to net the Rangers someone like Sergachev or Point. Um, and then even, even take, take it a step down – I think it was a little jarring not to see the name like Foot or Radish in the deal at first. But if you break this deal down into two parts, if you if you look at it as just a JT Miller trade and then just a Ryan McDonough trade, the Rangers kind of got everything they wanted. If if you really thought that they were going to sell these parts off in separate packages, Nemesnikov is an upgrade over JT Miller, and you got two very high-end prospects and potentially two first-round picks for Ryan McDonough. I don't think you would have done better in another trade or if you waited until the draft 
those, I just don't think that those first round picks, as, as I said last week, though, are some somewhat borderline second rounders because they have to win. Uh, sure, but it's still an round. asset you can use to move up in the draft if you show, so choose. Absolutely. And the Rangers should be happy with this return. I know how sad I sounded last week on this podcast. Hey, I you was, weren't alone. I believe my first words were, that can't be it. Yeah, we, we sat here kind of dumbfounded. And the more I, I sat back and realized exactly what happened, I, I became more, I wouldn't say happy, but content with what happened with the Rangers. I'm really happy to get these possible two first rounders back. We now, cause, and I start looking around the league, right? I look at Arizona. I look at Vancouver, and I look at these teams that have been trying. I look at the Islanders, for for fuck's sake. And I look at these teams that have been trying to rebuild. And I, I see our rebuild so far ahead of theirs already. And th- that makes me feel good. Now, does everything have to pan out? Yes, absolutely. Does Gordon have to draft these draft picks and, and, and hit the nail on the head? Yeah, he's got to do a pretty good job there. But we have the pieces so far, and Hedl and Anderson already in the, already killing it down in the AHL. We, we have the future kind of set up for us, and this really stocks the cupboards. Uh, you know, the players we got in Nemestikov, Howden, and, and Hayek, Hayek, like, could be a top four guy. That was, like, the, the gist on him. I would love to have a top four guy. That's awesome. Yeah, and that that is exactly the entire return the Rangers got from McDonough and Miller is exactly why... People shouldn't do knee-jerk reactions to trades. Like we did. I, right, like we did. And <laughs> yeah. honestly, I, I'll stand by it. I still think it's one of the more fun episodes we've done. And this is episode 120 and then some. I, I honestly think doing that live reaction is is fun and interesting and different for us. At the same time, Brett Howden could be a top six center. He could be someone that doesn't even make the NHL. Libor Hayek could be a top pairing defenseman or he could flame out in Europe you know the draft picks could they could swing and miss on all the draft picks that they traded for we really don't know it's kind of unfair to judge these trades even two weeks after they happened yeah because but you know what so sports world away. we live in man like this is just how it works you yeah, know well maybe we don't have to be part of the problem maybe well, we can be different I can't help we it. don't have to, we don't have to be skipping Shannon I, well, we're not here sitting here getting hot takes. We're sitting here being like, I'm miserable. Skip, 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 <laughs> skip, skip, skip. Let me tell you. Skip, skip. LeBron is the best. Anyway, um, so I'm happy with what we have. Prospects in general are very volatile. You can never really tell. This goes for all sports, by the way. Unless you're that can't-miss prospect. Even then, sometimes. I mean, I, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to even go. I was going to talk about Connor McDavid in this year, but it's not his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> it's the one guy on the Oilers whose fault it's not is Connor McDavid. Yeah, so let's talk. Let's do a quick game recap, real quick, about what the Rangers have done over the past three games. So we you made mean what Henrik Lundqvist and Alex Georgiev has done over the last three games. Yeah, so Georgiev, let's quick go to him real quick. He's okay. Uh, where did he come from? Uh, he's always been. He's always been around. It's, I mean, I, he hasn't always been around. He, the Rangers, once again, credit to the Rangers scouting department. They picked up a twenty-two-year-old. European goaltender, basically, I I wouldn't say off the scrap heap, but every team had the opportunity to sign Georgiev as a free agent, and they didn't. And the Rangers, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Henrik Lundqvist, no, but he's not. proven to be at least an NHL backup, and that has value. Oh, yeah. The Rangers, look, I, I've been on this bandwagon saying that the Pavlik signing was decent, and you know what? Turned out to be pretty decent, Ryan. Yeah, well, but I'll eat crow on that one. Moving, moving forward, Rangers don't got to worry about it. Georgiev can be the Rangers' backup for the foreseeable future on a rookie contract. 
that's that's very good for us, especially because we have a lot of cap room to play with, which I'm assuming we'll get to at some point. Right, and now the Rangers don't have to worry about spending it on a backup goalie. The the best part of look, you never root for a player to get injured, and I don't think any of us thought when Pavlik got hurt that Georgiev was going to be able to be this good. But kids, but kids played well, even in the. Games that the Rangers lost while he was in goal, it was not his fault. Uh, he's a 22-year-old going on 23. He's going to make mistakes in the crease. It's going to happen. Even the best goalies make mistakes. I mean, we've seen Henrik Lundqvist give up soft goals before. It's not like he's immune to them, despite the fact that he is a fucking Norse god. But he's he's perfectly capable next year of sliding right in and playing 20 games for the New York Rangers. And I, I think he, the Rangers – have just as much of a chance to win those games if everyone else is playing well as they do when Henrik is merely average. Before we talk about Henrik Lundqvist, I'd like to wish him a happy birthday. Happy 36th birthday, you beautiful, beautiful man. For your birthday, Hank, we got you 101 saves. (laughs) That's what I was going for. I don't... Okay. Before I get into that, how beautiful is Henrik Lundqvist? I just don't get it. Look, that man... That man is just... I have I have no words. I top five most beautiful athlete in our lifetime to play in New York. Like if you had to make a top five list, I can't name a Don't second. even say fucking Derek Jeter. I don't know what people's fascinations with that man is. That's a normal looking motherfucker. I'm gonna <laughs> throw it out there right now. Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, not is my like type, by the way. Six. He's like a whoa, six. Whoa, 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 whoa! Relax. Gift baskets would disagree. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> David Wright is more beautiful than Derek Jeter. Oh, this Alex is Alex like, Rodriguez is more beautiful than Derek Jeter. I'll give you Alex. Alex Rodriguez is like he's a good looking dude. The eyes are dry. David Wright. David Wright's a babe. Just because his back doesn't work anymore doesn't mean he's <laughs> any less pretty. But does he have gift baskets? Hank Lowe is probably the most beautiful man I've seen in sports. Period. Yeah, I, I have a hard time. I, I honestly, like, what would your top five be? Henrik Lundqvist, Henrik Lundqvist Steve Alaket. Oh, Steve Alaket, then Steve Alaket, then probably Alex Rodriguez. David Wright. David Wright. That's it. Mo, Mo Vaughn. That's, that's top five. <laughs> you don't think Mo, Mo Vaughn, low-key low thick. I don't think it's low-key. He's just thick. <laughs> Dude, that's a thick boy. Thick. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I, – I, if we'll, we'll, we'll have to ask – Woj this is, is coming on the pod later. We're asking Woj. This top is definitely – Most uh, handsome New York athletes in our lifetime. This is definitely a topic. Speaking of one, one more handsome man take, Michael B. Jordan and Black Panther? Woo, sheesh. Anyway. Oh, 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 yo, he's – I saw I, – I watched some John Oliver before coming on the pod today. Fahrenheit 451? How how busy is Michael Shannon? Can we talk about I, – I know we got to get back to the Rangers. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon is in everything. Shape of Water, Waco. Now he's in Fahrenheit 451. I've never heard of this guy until three weeks ago, and now he's all over my television. I actually don't even know who he is. I'm Googling him right now. He's uh, – have you seen Shape of Water? I didn't, because I but I heard it's about fish doing each other. Uh, well, no, the fish aren't doing each other. Well, the fish fish is doing a human. <laughs> yeah, look, spoiler, spoiler alert. This is a very low thing we're spoiling. Fish gets fucked, man. And I mean, I mean, dick and vagina. <laughs> okay, great. Not like, not like finding me. Someone, oh my god, dude. I, so someone, uh, someone came up with a catch name to call Shape of Water by something else. Yeah. He called it Grinding Nemo, and Bro, I lost Ooh, one. Grinding Nemo is an amazing name. Grinding Grinding Nemo. Bad. Really enjoyed Best that picture. one. I'd watch Grinding Nemo. I would too. Uh, anyway, back to the Rangers. Back to the Rangers. Hey, State of the Rangers podcast. Yeah. 
We, well, got, we got off topic. Welcome uh, back. This is what we do. So Henry Lundqvist so faced 101 shots. And sure I, I went on Twitter and it was like, oh my God, Henry Lundqvist won two games. Basically, he's the first goalie to win two games in a row with 50, 50 shots or more. Why is that an accomplishment? Why? <laughs> yes, it's great that he did that. But why are we celebrating this? Uh, well, first of all, we should celebrate it because it's like, what, what's the equivalent of a finally a starting pitcher throwing back-to-back no-hitters? Or It's not, but it's... The, the defense is fault. He's facing that many shots in the first place. The, sure. He, he no, should no, no, no. It's, it's not like, okay, yeah, it's like when a goalie gets a shutout and has to face 40 shots, it's fucking impressive. But at the same time, why the fuck is he facing 40 shots? Exactly. That's my yeah. point. Yeah, but we should celebrate the fact that Henry Lundqvist didn't die in the making of this movie. <laughs> I'm really, it's really what we should be celebrating. Grinding Lundqvist. I can't believe he made it. I just... It's, and you know, the, here's the crazy thing, right? Yeah. The guy faces... 101 shots in two games. And the kids still looked pretty good. Gilmore continues to look good. Pion continues to look good. D'Angelo has mental lapses, but for the most part, he still continues to look good. I, I think we've decided that Rob O'Gara isn't a piece for this oh, team. Probably. You know what? I don't like small sample sizes, but I'm just going to go out there on no, a I think You know what? I think we've seen enough. You know like, <laughs> Rob, like Rob O'Gara is probably – I got to stop saying look and then following up with the actual sentence that I'm trying to say after my that. My friend, I've done it, look. I've done it about five times already on this podcast, and I hate myself for it. Yeah. Rob O'Gara seems like a really swell guy. Seems like a good hang. Good. Massapequa kid, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Long Island, born and raised. He should probably hang out in Hartford for the foreseeable future. Probably just chill with the kids. Listen, yeah. you, can, you get to look, play. Look, I, I did it look, again. Oh my look. god, is this my thing? <laughs> yeah, this is oh, your thing. Unbelievable. Look, look, Greg, my friend. He goes down to the AHL, and yeah, then from no, there, he's gonna make he's gonna make a handsome living playing minor league hockey for the next however many years he wants to play. I just don't think he's an NHL defenseman. But you know what? We now know. We we've crossed that box off. We figured it out. That's part of the benefit of doing rebuilds. You got to just figure out. Who's in and who's out? And we now have an answer about Rob O'Gara. He's barely a seventh defenseman in the NHL. What's the, the most? The most... I, I, I will say this. Rather O'Gara than Camper. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen enough of Steve Camper. I've seen more than enough of Steve Camper. I, I can't. I'm, I can't. When you said you, you reveal this later, that Steve Camper has a three-year deal at some point. I did, how, don't, did I not know that? Yeah, no. Oh, oh I, you know what's funny? I realized that. I brought that up, and then I went on Cap Friendly and didn't tell you how many years. Uh, he is under contract next year, and then he's a free agent. Okay, so it is two years. Good. It, well, yeah, it's the end of this year, next year, and then he's he's hopefully gone. Do you know what the most Blue Shirts breakaway line ever might be? It would be, look, uh, you know, my friend. <laughs> uh, we have we have T-shirts to design. I, yeah. I smell a catchphrase. Look, you know, my friend, and that would be it. So great podcasting all around. By the, by the way, we should mention, uh, for those who reach the Patreon level, the new T-shirts, are they will be ready by the playoffs. Even though the Rangers won't be in, we will have shirts that is, ready to go. You're, announce, you're announcing that now. I'm getting the lead date this week, so don't hold me yet, but you will have a, you will have a date when they're coming very soon. How about that? Uh, how about that? How about that? How about that? How about I'm still Cowboys? stuck on this hottest uh, or most attractive guy thing, but we'll get back to with Woj. With the Rangers, well, the other thing I kind of wanted to touch on and talk about is sort of making the playoffs now. Surprisingly. Uh-huh. Not going to happen. I know. But surprisingly, this team <laughs> this team is 500. If I was to tell you this team is 500. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this also bugged me a little bit because I remember you saying it yesterday, and it's not really true. 
you have to take into account the fact that we've lost like six games in overtime. Okay. So really the Rangers are six games under 500. Just because the wins and the loss match up, and then there's a third column for overtime losses, got to include those overtime losses in your win-loss record. Like, yes, they got half a they got one, they got a loser's point. Fine. But it, those are still losses. Those aren't a full two points. That's fine. If you want to count them as half losses, sure. The Rangers are still then three games under 500. Exclu- uh, let me rephrase. Excluding half losses, this team is 500. <laughs> yeah, but you can't exclude them, Ryan. I can. Well, not. They played till overtime, and then some of them lost in a shootout, and shootouts don't count. It, it all counts, Ryan. I know. It all counts. This team is not. I, my my I'm, point I'm being not gonna, here. I'm, I'm not going to let you say it. This team is not 500. Fine. My point being here is you wouldn't think this team had performed this well despite its tanking and its actions. Sure. But yet here a, we are. We're not that far out of a playoff spot, which is actually insane. We're both not that far out of a playoff spot and yet really fucking far out of a playoff spot. A lot of teams have game in hands on us that are ahead of us in the standings. Not to mention the teams ahead of us in the standings are flat out better than the Rangers. Right now, everyone has 66 games except the Capitals, just for reference. Uh, the Panthers have like four games in hand. Oh, they have three. Yes, that is true. Yeah. It's, I was it's, looking at the Metro. I don't know why. It's it's not a realistic possibility. The Rangers, if you look at the advanced stats, and Adam Herman tweeted them out today, the best odds the Rangers have from anyone, I think ineffective math has given them a 7% chance of making the playoffs. It's it's not just unlikely. It would take a Rachel Dawes in major league motivation kind of rebound for this team to make the playoffs. Not only that, but... The schedule for the last week was kind of soft. We played the Canucks. Uh, very soft. Y- yes, all three of those games were on the road. Still, a normal team loses at least two of those games. It's just the Rangers don't have a normal goalie. They have a fucking beast. <laughs> Literally any other goalie. As much as I love Georgiev, if he faced 101 shots on back-to-back nights, not only do the Rangers lose, they lose by six each night. But, but Greg... If I'm the coach AV, I'm like thinking, what's wrong with Henrik Lundqvist? Is it well, his yeah, fault? I mean, he should have stopped more. He still gave up, what, four or five goals against the Canucks? Oh, come on, AV. That's unacceptable. Oh, my God. What a fucking chode. We're going to talk a lot uh, about AV on this podcast. We definitely are. Surprise. And then from here on, uh, we have coming up this week, we have the Jets. That's, let's do Francesa. That's a loss, Mikey. Then from there. Well, that's, that's Russo. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, I was meant like the whole show, like uh-huh. dog, dog. So then right. we have Jets, me, me dog. Jet, me, dog. Jets, Rangers. That's a loss. Then, yeah, I'm not, not feeling, not feeling good about that one, dog. Then Rangers at the Lightning in Tampa Bay. You, you're gonna see Ryan McDonough in another uniform. That's a loss. Uh, well, dog, uh, McDonough probably not gonna play in that game. But yeah, that's a better team too, dog. Then we're gonna go to the other, other Florida Panthers. Can we win that one? Do you think Chris Russo is like a nope? I don't. Just an, I don't, just an terrible old Jewish woman. Terrible impressions. <laughs> like I'm not saying my Mike Francesa is really good, but your Chris Russo it's is borderline offensive. It's almost terrible. All right, I'll talk oh like this. Oh my god! I'll go like this. I'll go back. It's probably offensive, actually. Eh, it's not the most offensive thing I've we've done, done we, but it's, we, it's we not great. Yeah, we said some stuff for the past couple weeks. I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Look, if you had a dad, he'd be able to teach you all these things. What is that? Um, and then so we're at the Panthers. No, uh-huh. go- I still think no bueno there. But could, could, could beat the Panthers. If, gun to my head, if someone asked me, hey, do you think the Rangers are going to win a game this week? I'd probably point to the Panther game. I don't feel great about it, but Fine, we'll I now go, have a gun at my head. We'll go, and I we'll would go not quick like to that. the next one. So we have Hurricanes, and, uh, and then, then we get slaughtered. Here we go. Penguins, Blues, Blue loss, Jackets, loss, loss. Flyers, maybe. 
You said, oh, you said friars or flyers? Friars, the okay. Catholic friars. The, the Providence friars. Yep. Yeah, they're a good tournament. At them, and then we win against the Sabres, probably, maybe, and then we maybe. go ca- Capitals, Capitals, Lightning. <laughs> That's it. We're all, it's over. <laughs> I think the Rangers will be favored in of the games you listed. The Sabres game. The Sabres game. I agree with That's you. That's the only game I think the Rangers will be a gambler's favorite. And I think even that, maybe minus 125 on the money line, it's not going to be great. You know what's sad, though? The Islanders. Man. It's a hard life. It's a hard life. I it, I feel sympathetic to Islander fans because they're really the hockey equivalent of the Mets. So it, it's I understand what they're going through. Uh, I'm happy I don't have to go through that on top of the misery that I get eight months out of the year. That That's a hard one, man. I That team – I feel bad for Barzal. This was kind of their year. Well, it's a big push. Here's, here's the thing. It should have been if they had smart management. They did not build that team around Tavares and Barzal like they should have. I'm calling it right now. I think Tavares leaves. I think he leaves. <sighs> I mean – I just don't I'm not. I don't see I, how I don't, he stays. I don't, I don't. I don't have sauces. I don't know people. But if you're John Tavares and you want to stay in New York, and you have the Rangers who now have thirty million dollars in cap space, just sitting there, the premier franchise in the nation's largest city, a chance to build your own core, the new look Rangers, your era. Of blue shirts hockey, you could put your own name on it like only Mark Messier really has done before. Awfully tempting. That is tempting. Awfully tempting. That, Greg, I'm not going to lie to you. That was a great pitch. Wasn't it? Yeah. John Tavares, hit me up, bro. I that, know you listen. That was a good bit for great pitches on blue shirts breakaway. I, I checked the numbers. We do well in Brooklyn. I know John's listening. I know you're listening, John. I know you're just checking out. What's the podcast scene like in Rangers Town? Look, I'm not – oh, my God. Fucking God. I'm not – I said look again. Oh. I'm, not, <laughs> I didn't even I'm not saying the worst anything, but – Look, you know. I'm saying – you know what I mean. You, yeah. got, you get me. You, you got, got me. me. I'm not trying you to say me. it. You get what I'm saying. All I'm saying is I'm just saying. Okay, that's it. Uh, I think that's pretty much oh, – listen, quick game recap. We kicked ass in Western Canada. It doesn't make sense. Ryan's, uh, we, again, though, I wouldn't even say we kicked ass. Henrik Lundqvist kicked Henry ass. Henrik Lundqvist kicked ass, and Ryan Spooner did a great job premiering as a New York Ranger and made some really tough decisions going forward with him. Ryan Spooner's been great, and I, I think I've fallen in love with Vladi Nemesnikov. I'm, I'm kind of falling in love with the Nemesnikov train, baby. I'm going in. You know what You know what Rangerstown loves? Russians. Let's go! <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? You know why I haven't thought about Tampering? over the last week at all? Oh, sorry. JT Miller. I just haven't thought about him. I thought I'd miss him more. I thought I'd miss him at all. I, I, I really, I, and I don't think it's his fault. I really don't think it's his fault. I think Elaine Vino ruined him for me. Oh, but don't worry, JT Miller. We're rooting for you to win a cup. I couldn't be rooting for you harder to win a cup. Yeah, that's like, that's basically a thirty pick difference. If the if the Lightning win a cup, the Rangers gain thirty draft picks in twenty nineteen. You know what? I, did you read? You wrote? You ah, sorry, I can't speak English. Do you read thirty one thoughts this week, right, by Friedman? Uh, I actually haven't yet. Oh, pretty much he said that the Rangers rebuild looks good. He liked the trade, and they're going to be a dangerous team in two to three years. And I really hope he's right. I trust Friedman. Friedman's a smart motherfucker. Smart guy. Smarter than I'll ever be. Let's. Uh, anything we want to wrap up before we go to Drew? No. Uh, that's what I thought. All right. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to go over to Drew, talk some prospects. And then from there, we're going to go 
Drew, then Brennan Cohen, then Fitzy, then Brian Wotanik to finish it off. Some fucking nonsense with him. And then we're out of here. Let's get going. Mm. Transition! And we're back with our... And we're back. Our first guest of the day is here. <laughs> uh, Drew Way, uh, the analytics writer for BlueShirtsBreakaway.com and all-around great guy. Talk prospects with us. Drew, say hello. Hello, everybody. Appreciate you coming back on. You are a frequent guest of the podcast. Uh, I am a total asshole and slept late. And this, I am starting this wonderful uh, super podcast of ours incredibly late. So here we are. There is a lot of weird things going on with the Rangers right now. That being said, there is a ton of prospects. Let's start talking about some of the return we got for all the pieces we traded. For example, uh, how about we start this? Who's the prospect we're the most excited to talk about? After this trade deadline. All right. So let's remove Heedle, Anderson, and Igor Shostorkin. Just this they're trade top- deadline. Yeah, yeah. So and, and just for everyone, they're a top tier, tier of their own, in my opinion, on the Rangers prospect pipeline. For who we got back, my favorite, and I think he's, if you're going to like rank all the Rangers' current prospects, in my opinion, the fourth best prospect we now have, and a guy that's slightly on a tier of his own, and like that tier two, is Brett Howden. So Howden was sort of the prize possession that was not Sergachev. Right. Um, sure. There's Tampa's uh, prospect system is kind of weird where, you know, Sergachev and Point were up in the team. I mean, Point's not a prospect anymore. Sergachev was like borderline. And then when you looked at their prospects, Cal Foote was a guy that some thought regarded as the best. Some liked Brett Howden, some liked Taylor Radish, um, Anthony Sorelli, et cetera. Um, but as far as the guys we actually got back, Howden is my favorite. And then like the third tier of Ranger prospects now to me, and it's pretty interchangeable with the way you want to order them are Pionk, Rykoff and Hay- and, uh, Hayek, I think is how you say his name. Sure. You know where you are. We don't pronounce <laughs> names here. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Libor Hayek. So you like Pionk at, in the same level as those two. That's kind of surprising. How so? Uh, I just thought Pionk was sort of a lesser prospect in my in my mind. Um, you know what? I'm big on knowing what you have. And so while – I mean, Pionk's been pretty good. We've seen him at the NHL level, and he's done fine. And, and as I've kind of said on this, pros- on this podcast before, having a prospect that is NHL caliber in itself is pretty good. Um, Rykoff and Hayek probably have higher ceilings than Pionk, but the fact that we already know that Pionk can handle himself at the NHL level puts him up a tier, in my opinion. Um, I actually spoke to a bunch of the, you know, the prospect guys that are frequent, you know, uh, Rangers Twitter, and most agree that, you know, Pionk, Rykoff, and, uh, and Hayek are all on about a similar tier from one another. What makes Howden so special in your mind? So, in my opinion... Also, Howden is kind of like your prototypical power forward, but with one exception. He's a really good passer. And that ability of his to pass plus be that two-way power forward type kind of puts him on a tier of his own in, within the Rangers prospect system. Um, I agree with most people that he's likely not going to be a top-line center. You know, but then again, guys develop better than you, always, than you thought all the time. Um, you know, when Ryan Getzloff was uh, drafted, he was a pretty late first-round pick. I think he was in like the mid-late teens or something like that. And it ended up becoming one of the best centers in the NHL for a 10-year stretch. Um, not bad. 
so I mean, I'm not saying Howden's going to be Getzloff or anything, but he's the way he projects to me is you know for, he was a late first round pick by Tampa in 2016. I think he was 27th overall, and kind of the book on him, he's a power forward. He currently he's six two and about 200 pounds, but he's got a decent frame to him. And as he gets older, he's going to continue to put on more muscle. Uh, he's currently 19. It's going to make me feel old as hell. He was born in 1998, so that's a whole 10 years younger than me. Um, and kind of the book on him is he's a good skater. The Rangers clearly prioritized skating. Howden, Mack, and Rykov were all good skaters. Um, Hayek's probably the best skater of all of them. Rykov and Howden are a bit bigger, but for their size, are very good skaters. And all of them, if you look at kind of the descriptions that people like Alex Nunn or Adam Herman or like Corey Pronman use on these guys, they all call them smooth skaters. And that's a very big thing because guys who are quick but kind of like choppy with their skating, sometimes that doesn't quite translate the way you would hope it would at the NHL le- at the NHL level. Um but yeah, I just like Howden a lot. I think he's a do-it-all guy, but he also is a very good passer. Um, and I think, you know, some people argue, is he a 2C or a 3C? I think that passing ability um, really will help him be a solid, you know, second-line center in the NHL. I've noticed you haven't mentioned Ryan Lindgren once so far. Uh, Lindgren would be on the next tier. I mean, Lindgren's fine. Um but if I so I actually in preparation for this podcast, I kind of did my own top ten Rangers prospects, and I had Lindgren as tenth. Um, I had him and Tim Gettinger at ten and eleven, kind of on their own tier. Um, you know, the way I tiered it out quickly was Heedle, Anderson, and Shostorkin were the top tier, and tier two is Howden by himself. Is Pionk, Rykoff, and Hayek. Tier four was Sean Day and Ty Ronning, and then tier five was Lindgren and Gettinger. Hmm. Sean Day, a name that's still intriguing for some reason. I mean, he's a tantalizing talent, but it's he's been very up and down. He'll have a stretch where he has a couple of really great games and everyone gets excited, and then he'll have a stretch where he's not so great. Um, he was, you know, everyone knows him because he was one of the few players that was awarded that exceptional status early on that allowed him to join the junior rank a year early. And he's just been, you know, he, he was a third-round pick for a reason. Right. Ty Ronning, sexy goal numbers. What a... The Rangers, first of all, have to sign him before this summer, right? Isn't Doesn't his ELC graduate after this year and the Rangers would lose rights to him? I think. Um, is he? Uh, it gets taught. I'm not a CBA expert. I'm pretty sure you're correct. If you really, really want the 100% answer to that, reach out to Hockey Stat Miner on Twitter. He's the end-all, be-all, in my opinion, when it comes to contract stuff and CBA stuff. Well, good news. He, I- he hates this podcast, so. <laughs> Does he? No, he loves us. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, he interacts with Paul. I'm pretty sure he likes us. I don't know. He likes that we stick it to the man, aka my boss. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the rest of this year and sort of like Heedle and Anderson going forward. Do you expect the kids to be up at all this year? I think they'll bring them up, um, but they won't play them enough to lose their um, the ability for the contract to slide to next year. I'm pretty sure Jeff Gordon straight up said, like, yeah, we expect to bring up Heedle and Anderson, but we're not burning that year on their ELC, which is smart. You bring them up at the end of the season, let them play a couple games, just to add a little bit of experience, see what, you know, have a little bit more of an understanding to see what you have. Um, Hartford seems like they're fading, so I don't think that there's going to be too much worry about, you know, a long playoff push for them that might impede that. Do you think it's imperative for one or both of them to have major roles on the Rangers as soon as next year? Nah, why? I mean, my opinion is it's always stupid to rush a prospect. Even 
you know, I know people like, well, we drafted Anderson because he's the, was considered the most NHL ready. Um, I mean, again, I'm not going to say his name on here. I've kind of spoken to you guys privately. I I've literally know somebody who is in the Ranger scouting department and that, that line of thought is more or less horseshit. Um, Drew, Drew let me teach story. you how to do that, by the way. You go, I have a source. And then you go, yeah, I have a source. I have a no, source really that do. says this. I mean, this guy doesn't tell me squat about what's going to happen before it happens. So that's why I don't want to call him a source or anything. Don't come to me asking what the Rangers are planning to do. This guy values his job and he would never, ever, ever leak anything to me. But <laughs> he will sometimes talk to me after things have happened. And I straight up asked him about the Anderson pick, and he pretty much said, like, listen, don't listen to the storylines. Like, we took him because we liked him as a player a lot. It had nothing to do with trying to force him in this year. And then he looked you in the eyes, and he was like, we really wanted Cody Glass, but we didn't get him. And he said there were – he said the notion that Anderson was, quote, the reason the Rangers traded to seven was bullshit. He said there were three centers they really liked. He wouldn't tell me exactly who they are. I inferred that they were – Elias Pettersson and Cody Glass. I'm pretty sure Pettersson was one of them. I have no idea if Glass was, but it would would make sense. Do you have any regret for the Rangers not taking Middlestead? Eh, I mean, when the pick was being made, I actually was a big Gabe Velarde guy personally. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to tell. Middlestead is obviously a dynamic player, but the book on him at the draft was he was a string bean, and there were some concerns over his ability. I mean, obviously he's a kid, so you would hope he's going to put on size, but the, he was, he was the guy that couldn't do a single pull up or something, right? Yeah. And which, I mean, that stuff obviously gets overrated a bit, but hey man, Kevin, I mean, I can't, Kevin, I, Kevin I can't Durant do couldn't bench 185, and that's why he fell in too. I too can't do a single pull up. So I could be a top 10 pick. Yeah. I mean, if I was drafting, sure. I probably would have taken middle stat over Anderson because I'm typically a big upside person when it comes to this stuff, especially the situation the Rangers are in, but you know, given the situation at the time and Anderson's damn good. Um, so I'm not, I wouldn't say I regret it, but you know, if I was the GM, sure. I probably would have taken Velarde or middle stat over Anderson. So, I, I wrote about this today or tomorrow or Sunday, depending on whatever day you're listening to this. It doesn't matter. Tomorrow? Not tomorrow. I didn't write about this tomorrow. Uh, today, today, yesterday, or Sunday. Whatever day you want to choose. Whatever disclaimer you want to use on it. Um, in your mind, if the Rangers have a guy they really want that's a bona fide top five pick in this year's draft, but do too much winning at the end of this season and don't just fall into the top five on their own, do the Rangers have enough pieces to make a move for some pick in the three, four, five range in your mind? Um, well, first I'd say, I don't think even if the Rangers can, didn't go on this three game win streak and continued the quote unquote tank as was projected, they probably weren't getting a top five pick anyway. Um, there are five teams that are definitely worse than them, even off the sell off. And it would have taken stupid win streaks by one of those to get the Rangers in the top five. Um, so I didn't see that as really realistic anyway. I, when I looked at the, the standings and where the Rangers are, I saw them as finishing sixth worst at best. And when I say at best, I mean, you know, best being the number one worst. Um, but to answer your question, I'm not a big trade-up guy. Um, when you look at the history of times when people have traded up for stuff, it normally doesn't pan out in any sport. I mean, every once in a while it does, but – I mean, the one that comes to mind is Julio Jones. Yeah, but even then, with all that they gave up for him and all that he's injured, like, I mean, I like Julio Jones a lot, but there's still an argument to be made that they gave up too much to draft, to, you know, move up to get a guy that 
is injured all the time. Absolutely, yeah, I've just red zone that's the one that just comes to mind right away. No, right, like, and I get it, and and then the other one that comes to mind is Robert Griffin. Hey, hey, that worked out. Yeah, right. That, that I mean, playoff that, game was epic. Think about it. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Like, it's it for whatever freaking reason, whoever gets number one was like, all right, who's going to offer us the biggest package for that pick? Then yes, I, I think Rasmus Dahlin is a generational talent. I think that it is it within the scope of possibilities that when he retires, he will be a first ballot. He could be a first ballot Hall of Famer and someone that was considered the best defenseman of his era. Like, I think he is that highly regarded of a prospect. So because of that, if that pick was on the table, sure, offer pretty much everything you, you, know, you want to move up and get it. Uh, to get picks, you know, two and three, the way I have this draft tiered, I kind of have Darlene's on a tier of his own, and then two and three is Philip Zadina and Andre uh, Svechnikov, and they're both kind of interchangeable in my mind. Um, some people like Zadina, some people like Svechnikov. Uh, they're on a similar tier to me. And then after that, you have a tier that goes from about five, six, seven, maybe down to eighth even. That's another set of guys. And if the Rangers finish with the sixth, seventh, or eighth pick, like, that's fine. Take you know, um, Quinn Hughes or take Adam Boquist or take Oliver Wallstrom if any of them are there. What? Okay. Let's, let's play. We're, we're, this is state of the Rangers. We can kind of play uh, a fantastic scenario here. It's your podcast. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Hey, that, man. that is, this that is, is true. America. That's why I'm, that's why I'm not wearing pants. Anyway, this, say the senators have the number three pick Okay, and the Rangers are one of the few teams that have the ability to eat Bobby Ryan's contract. Nope. The answer is no. Not doing it. Bobby, you Ryan's don't. You don't do it if the third pick is attached to it. No. Why is that? Because Bobby Ryan's contract is atrocious, and one of the biggest things I think that the Rangers accomplished this offseason was giving themselves a, t- a ton of flexibility. They now have a bunch of different options. They want to go and offer a $10 million contract to John Tavares, so they have the flexibility to do that. They want to explore a trade for Eric Carlson, they could. I'm not saying this is what I would do if I were them, but they have – enormous flexibility right now they have a bunch of cap space going forward they have a lot of restricted free agents that they can deal or resign they just they have a lot of options by doing something like taking on bobby ryan's seven plus million dollar salary for i think it's what three more seasons greg i think it might be four four yeah you're just you're really hurting your flexibility and i think one of the biggest assets the rangers got in this trade deadline was that flexibility and you're shooting it to hell by taking him on that's not war i mean i of both Zadina and Svechnikov. I mean, if I mean, if we're getting back, well, I should say if it depends on exactly what the deal is like. But I'm I do not like taking Bobby Ryan back. Okay, new scenario. Let's let's say the Rangers just finish. Let's say they finish seventh. I think seventh is a very realistic number for this team to be drafting uh, next year. Yeah, give me three guys that you want at seven, and why is the guy that I really want Adam Boquist? Adam Boquist is really good. Um, I'm actually completely torn on him or Quinn Hughes. Uh, both are dynamic offensive defensemen. Both are pretty good in their own zone. Both are a bit undersized. I think Boquist and Hughes are neck and neck. Um, you could make the argument for either of them. Uh, Boquist, obviously, is the Swedish defenseman, um, and uh, Hughes is, in the, is currently playing at the University of Michigan. Um, in my personal ranks, so I'm currently putting together my own ranks for something in the future for the website. Currently, I have Boquist at four and Hughes at five, but they're really interchangeable. If, if neither of those two are on the board, say the Rangers want to go forward, who's the guy? 
<laughs> All right, so again, we're saying around seven. So Zadina and Svechikov are definitely off the board. Um, if you want to go forward, the answer is Brady Kachuk or Oliver Wallstrom. Um, the, your typical pundit would say go Kachuk. Kachuk has more of a pedigree. He was really highly regarded coming into this year, and he looked pretty good in the, uh, the junior tournament this year. Um, but he hasn't been that good at Boston, and – a lot of people are downgrading him. I think some people are overreacting to his last name being Kachuk and drawing parallels with his brother, who isn't you know that good, and he's kind of a jerk. Uh, and when I say kind of a jerk, I mean he's a real asshole. Um, but, but Oliver Wallstrom is a guy that I do personally like a lot. He um, Both Kachuk and Wallstrom, as of now, could play center or wing. Both Most people think both will be wings in the NHL level, level but Wallstrom is Outside of Zadina and Svechnikov, Wallstrom is arguably the most gifted scorer in this draft class. And um, I would slightly lean him, but I wouldn't be furious if they went Kachuk or anything. Is it safe to assume that the Rangers will try and swing for the fences like they did last year with Hedl at 22 with either the Bruins or Lightning pick, knowing that they have a top-end first-rounder they're already banking? I would. Um, I, I don't. I, it's hard to say if it's safe to assume that, but if I was the GM, I personally would. Um, and so, a couple names if you want to talk about swinging for the fences, guys. Um, one guy that a lot of like the draft rankings, when you look at, they have him around like the 20s, but I would take him as high as 10 is um, where the hell did I put my sheet? It's uh, defenseman Ryan Merkley. He's currently in the OHL. Um, he is a little bit of an enigma. He's kind of gotten this reputation for having attitude issues, but no one can can actually articulate what his issues are. As we get closer to the draft, maybe more specifics will come out. But right now, people will be like, oh, he's got attitude issues. And when you ask, okay, what's wrong? That like, oh, well, um, I don't know. It, it seems like, to be honest, that he's not just like your typical good old Canadian boy. And, oh, you know, John Cherry would love him. Um, but he is, a, a, you know, He's a kid that is Ryan Merkley. Like Bob McKenzie referred to him as a potential top five talent in this draft. Um, like I said, he's a defenseman. He is as dynamic as they come. He's every bit as dynamic as Boquist or Quinn Hughes. Currently, he's not as good in his own zone as either of them are, which is why he's further down on the draft ranks. But he's a guy that I'd love to get. If he, you know, there, uh, the ES, new ESPN prospect writer made a comment that some uh, – scouts he's talking to have said they took him off their first round board if Merkley's there at our Boston pick I would be so happy if they took him another guy that could be a, uh, a home run swing that could be around in that late first round is uh the German player uh Bach and he's another kid that is as dynamic as they come but there's you know still a lot of development there to go until you can probably crack the uh the nhl level but dominic bach like um cory pronman is a prospect analyst for the athletic that is pretty just for he, he really heavily weights upside on guys when he does his, and he put uh he put bach out of thinkings most prospect guys have bach as a late first round pick all right Obviously, a lot's going to change between now and the draft in terms of prospect rankings. So let's talk something a little bit more concrete to wrap this bad boy up. What are, in your mind, the series of events that have to happen for the Rangers to not just break camp with one or both of Filipino or Elias Anderson next year, but feel like they have to? And obviously that goes, I'm talking beyond their lights out in training camp. I'm saying, are there roster moves the Rangers have to make in your mind to open up a spot for either of those players? 
No, I don't think there's any roster. I mean, we got a lot of holes right now. A lot of it will come down to who are we going to go with out of the large chunk of RFAs in the offseason. We got Spooner, um, Nemestikov, Hayes, Shea, and VZ that are all restricted free agents. Um, I would be pretty shocked if all five of them are re-signed and on the roster next year. I think around draft time, the Rangers will kind of – I don't think Shea will be shopped. What are the other four? I think they'll kind of shop all of them and just see, hey, what can we get? If someone wants to overpay for Spooner or one of those guys, I can definitely see one of them being dealt. And um, and then, you know, obviously we traded away Nash, traded away Grabner. And so just in that, we've opened up roster spots as well. Um, so I don't think there's anything specific that, quote, needs to be done. So one of them have has a spot. And like I said earlier, I just – I let it play out and whatever happens, happens. I get really uncomfortable when I hear people make comments like, oh, the Rangers shouldn't be targeting a center because we have Anderson and Heedle. You know what? There's been much better prospects than those two that have flamed out and didn't do anything at the NHL level. So it's really not a good strategy just to bank on them being your centers of the future. Listen, I have great news, though. Uh, I went to, I went to tankathon.com and I pressed simulate and we got the second pick. And I thought that was pretty good. Ryan, do you know how the NHL lottery works? It's, uh, it pretty said, different than it says here the top three, a, a top three pick for us is 14.4%. And then to get it, the top overall pick, it would be a 4.5% chance. All right. And so maybe for, there are probably a couple of people that aren't familiar. The way the NHL lottery works is there's actually two lotteries. It's the first lottery to determine who is the top three. And then of those three teams, there's a second lottery to determine who goes one, two, three. Jeez. Well, and so that's why the way the pick works is the Rangers will either get, you know, the pick based on the, the seating or they'll get in the top three. But there's no way like people like some people. Are like, Oh, what if they get like the fourth of the lottery? That's not a possibility. It's you either have a top three or you're wherever you finish in the lottery, you know, in the reverse standings order. Exactly. I don't know why I feel this way, but I do. And I really feel like we'll get a top three pick. I don't have I, a, I, don't, I don't have a good reason for it. I hope you're right. As I said, in my opinion, there's, you know, a bunch of tiers to this draft. Darlene's on his own. Then Zadina and Smetchikov at 2-3 are on their own. And then it drops again to kind of like 4 through 8. I feel, you know, not saying any sports, any sports organization rigs the draft or anything, (laughs) NBA. But, you know, it would be a good time. Not that the Rangers are the most valuable franchise in the NHL. (laughs) They are. So, I mean, you know what? could no, be. So I, I like what you're saying here, and I'm going to go on one last little rant here before I let you guys move on to the next guest. Okay. I cannot stand how, how many people think that the NHL has a fix in against the Rangers. The Rangers are the fucking most valuable franchise in the NHL. They're in the biggest media market in the country. If you think the NHL doesn't want the Rangers to be successful, you are an idiot. Oh, the, the Rangers, they want the Rangers to be like a great team. They need yeah. them to be. Yeah, I got news for both of you, though. Darlene is already an Edmonton Oiler. And just get used to it. Don't you fucking dare, man. (laughs) He's already already an Oiler. Twitter will melt down if Edmonton wins the lottery again. Yeah, but they'll win the lottery again, and they'll still just get 75 points because fucking Chirelli is an idiot. What's worse to you, Edmonton winning the lottery or Chicago? Chicago. <laughs> it's Chicago. Yeah. In Chicago. So you Chicago, like- Chicago doesn't deserve to win the lottery. I just think it's funny when Edmonton wins the lottery. They got like 12 first, ra- first overall picks playing on the roster and they can't win. Including the great one. <laughs> so, Cam Talbot. That's right. You're yeah, right. Cam Talbot. All right, Drew. Thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll probably have you back on soon. Uh, cool. you, can always, always. you can always read Drew on the website at bluestreetsbreakaway.com. Fucking kills it. If you haven't checked out Drew's analytics section, you're nuts. 
because it's one of the best things on the internet concerning hockey. Uh, Drew, one day we're going to do, do a podcast all about that. We'll start talking about that on the side. I appreciate the kind plug. And the other plug I'll just throw out there is I am going to go start doing a little, uh, almost like a mini series on certain things that are in that hockey, hockey lexicon. Um, the first one I'm doing is with the help of that guy, uh, Dawson Springings, who's uh, not Dawson Springings, Luke Solberg, who's evolving wild on Twitter. He came out with a new model for what's called teammate relative statistics. And next week I'll be coming out with a piece on that and adding it to the lexicon. And I'm going to try to do a, you know, twice a month or so, a piece highlighting some of the stuff that's in that lexicon. You're, you're too good at this. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Greg, any last words for Drew? I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you All soon, right, guys. Drew. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yep, talk to you later. And now we're back with our second guest of the day, recurring guest and former managing editor of the most important Ranger site ever. Second most, sorry. Brendan Cohen. <laughs> Brendan, say hello. Hey, guys. Dude, welcome back. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah. Doing a, a state of, doing a state of the Rangers pod. Hope you're doing well. Seems like you are from the private Twitter tweets you guys have going on over there. Yeah, definitely. Everything's going well over here. Awesome, man. So. What we're here to talk about today is what this podcast does best, and that's trashing Elie Vigneault. Uh, Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> seriously, man. Thank you so much. Now, as you may or may not have noticed, the Rangers are now 500. We are somehow in a playoff race and a contention. And how scared does it make you the fact that Greg kind of called this a few months ago, and I hate that he's right. The Rangers can make sense of, hey, Elie Vigneault took this team, once we traded all the pieces, on a late playoff run. We need to keep him around. How terrified does that make you? Uh, if it actually happens, as in if they actually continue to win games, then it's it's scary. It's definitely scary. I don't think they're going to continue to win many games, though. And I think they'd have to actually make the playoffs for him to stick around. And even then, they're probably going to get swept by the Lightning in very brutal fashion. Oh, not probably. So, that's like a definite thing. Yeah, so even then, you have an embarrassing playoff exit that no one really doubted was coming. So I just, I don't think he's staying. I, I can't see a scenario unless they somehow make it out of the first round or give the Lightning a legitimate battle. Pretty much the only way Vigneault stays is if Henrik Lundqvist puts the team on his back and just goes on a massive run, which is kind of possible because it's Henrik Lundqvist. Which is what he's already doing right now is what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> essentially. But haven't haven't we really had two embarrassing playoff losses already with Elaine Vigneault the last two years? There's no one – I don't think anyone remembers the Ottawa Senators series last year kindly. That's a no, series the Rangers should have won in five. Absolutely, but at the same time, they won a playoff series. No one thought of them as these great contenders that were going to go all the way. Everyone kind of thought this was – what would happen? Maybe not losing to the Senators because the Senators weren't even that good, but people didn't think of them as an Eastern Conference finalist. What and about the What about the year before where they load up, bring in a guy like Eric yeah, Stahl? That's the one that was very embarrassing, but that's also kind of the first time Vigneault, Vigneault's Rangers didn't go where they thought they would. So uh, that one they kind of shrugged off as, okay, he had an off year. Then last year they kind of shrugged off as, okay, they made it past the first round. And then it didn't go as planned, maybe some puck luck here and there, which is not my argument, but I figure that's how the Rangers are looking at it. Now this year, he's out of excuses. The only possible excuse is the injuries, but the injuries weren't an excuse the first half of the season. 
Yeah. The, the injuries one is the one that really terrifies me. I, I'm less terrified about the Rangers going on a late run and flirting with a playoff spot just because, look, some of the guys the Rangers got back in these trades were good. Ryan Spooner yeah. and Vladimir Nemestikov, those are good hockey players. So they're going to – sure, it, you know, the defense is what it is, and that's why Henrik Lundqvist made 100 saves on back-to-back games. Like, the defense has been bleeding shots all year. That hasn't changed. But if you had two dynamic forwards like the Rangers did, who, by the way, haven't had to play Elaine Vigneault's system all <laughs> year, so they're kind of just freelancing out there, yeah, the Rangers' offense is going to look better. It's actually fascinating to me watching the Mestikov bring the puck into the opposing team's zone rather than dumping and chasing, whereas Fast on the same line every single time just dumps and chases. It, you can see on the ice, just as an average fan even, you could just watch and see Elaine Vigneault's system not being played to perfection, and that's a very good thing. The less of his system you play, the more successful you're going to be, and it's just been fascinating to watch. And I, at the same time, I have to think that the management isn't totally inept and is watching this happen and seeing that the only good players right now are the ones who have not been in his system. And it's not so hard to put two and two together there. And the other thing is Gordon didn't exactly give Vigneault a glowing recommendation. I was going to break that up. So I just, I, I can't see him sticking around unless they just go on this massive run that would be shocking to everyone. Let's talk worst case scenario for a second. Say AV does come back. <sighs> I mean, I know, I know how I feel about it. I know like there's a way for me to verbalize it. But if we're just trying to talk about this from a strategic standpoint, how detrimental is it to the Rangers if Elaine Vigneault remains the head coach come October of next year? I think that's essentially the worst thing that could possibly happen to the organization. <laughs> like, like when you think about it. All these players who have not played in the system are going to now have a full season in a system. Players like Pionk, who are still developing, are going to develop in a system built for them to fail. Shea is going to continue his downward spiral. VC is probably going to become not an NHL forward at this point. And just everyone gets worse. There's The only way it benefits the team is they'll lose more games, which is not something you want to say about your head coach. Or your favorite hockey team, if we're just yeah, even if we're just talking about it from a fan standpoint, like the, the point of playing hockey is to win a hockey game. Yeah, I don't. I'm here for the tank this year just because it's logical, but I'm not here for the Rangers to lose games next year. And if Vigneault's here, they're going to be very bad. Has anyone ever this, thought like, okay, so Vancouver had Le Vigneault? How's their rebuild going? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. In in uh, in Van, I mean, I'm not here to defend Elaine Vigneault. But there are a lot of things wrong in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I mean, pretty it's obvious. Amazing, you have Schneider and Luongo, and end up with neither of them. That's uh, well, hey, Markstrom's the future, man. Yeah, well, Eddie Lack was the future a few a uh, few months ago, <laughs> a couple uh, of years ago. That is that is just rough times. Um, this is kind of a central theme. We're basically asking everyone, even though we're talking about different aspects of the team with everyone. How different are the range? I mean, obviously. It's going to depend on who the next head coach is. But in your mind, how much of an addition by subtraction is it to get rid of Elaine Vigneault? I think it's tremendous because you look at you look at the expectations for this team preseason, and people were talking about them as one of the finalists in the Eastern Conference. Like there were very I mean, they were lacking a center. They were lacking 
maybe a couple defensemen here and there, but it was a nearly complete roster with players that can fill almost every role. And they just were terrible. They fell apart from day one. Just every player looked unprepared. And that really affects the talent on the ice. It really affects how you can win games. So you go into next season, you're playing a different system. You're playing a system that hopefully requires some puck possession and some defensemen actually moving the puck forward. And then you put that in front of Henrik Lundqvist, who appears to still be Henrik Lundqvist. And it's just adding so many wins. I can't promise they're going to be a playoff team or they're going to compete for the Stanley Cup, but on its own, the system changing just makes them a better team. And then I'm assuming they're going to add a few pieces here and there just to, they might subtract a few pieces, but they're probably going to add some pieces just to get younger and to look like the New York Rangers or look like a competitive hockey team. I can't see it resulting in any fewer than five wins added just by the mere subtraction of him as coach. Uh, I, normally, this is the time I would ask you to say which players would benefit the most from AV leaving. Um, I would instead just rather you rank which defensemen in order will improve without Elaine Vigneault being <laughs> Yeah, my answer would have been Kevin Hayes, so that's a good good job there. Uh, defensemen only. I mean, Stahl's a goner, so I don't... I, I honestly, people get angry at me when I say this. I wouldn't say angry. I would say there's more pushback than I thought there would be. He's getting bought out. Greg, I'm angry. Why I'm angry. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't he get bought out? I'm angry at you. He I has to be bought out. See, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on the totally different fence than you guys. I don't think he gets bought out. We, I know we're in a rebuild. There's no reason we eat that money over a long period of time. That's yeah. that's what I was going to say. The only way they wouldn't buy him out is if they're looking at next season as just punting it. And at that point, you just keep him on the roster because who cares? But in like, my mind, sure, keep him on the roster, but he's not playing. The Rangers have six other defensemen they have to put in the lineup before they get to Mark Stahl. You would hope so. You would definitely hope that. But, I mean, right now we got Rob O'Gara playing 18 minutes or something. So I I am firmly on the train that Mark Stahl will be on this team next year for the entirety of the year. I don't think we buy him out. Hear, hear, hear me out, though. Kevin Shattenkirk has to play. Brady Shea has to play. One, two. Neil Pionk has to play. Great. John Gilmore has to play. Tony D'Angelo, I, Brandon, I know you're not the biggest fan of the world, Tony <laughs> D'Angelo, but he has to play. Yes. And speaking of guys you're not the biggest fan of, Brandon Smith has to play. Those six guys have to play ahead of Mark Stahl next year, especially if you're saying you're not – I mean, even if the Rangers were trying to put out their best six defensemen next year, those are it. It's not Mark Stahl. Mark I, Stahl has been a pleasant surprise this year, but one, the Rangers want to get younger, and two – we have if if next year the Rangers aren't going to win a Stanley Cup, and I don't think the three of us sitting here, nope. even if the Rangers finish with I don't see any great moves this offseason, I don't think it's going to happen. So you need to figure out who your defensemen of the future are. Those six guys are more important to the Rangers' future than Mark Stahl. I, th- not, I think you know, you're sorry, Brendan. Go ahead. I'm of the belief Stahl won't be with the team next year, just because they are entering a legitimate rebuild, and they really are trying to focus on the youth. And, I mean, everyone can see Stahl isn't Stahl anymore. Give the coach some new toys to play with, cut ties. And for financial reasons, by the time the buyout really hits them, I mean, like, the buyout won't impact them that much when it really matters. I I just, I can't see them sticking him on the ice and saying, okay, let's punt a spot that we need for someone's development. I think he'll be the seventh defenseman. I don't think they want to have the buyout hit. 
down the line, and they know that in the future they're going to need that money if they want to compete, and they'll just stick him on the seventh defenseman. And I, and I think they don't revere John Gilmore the way the fans revere John Gilmore so far of, of what he actually is. Not that John Gilmore is anything that of great shakes, yeah. but he is probably a person that should be playing and developing at the NHL level. I think they might even send him down to the AHL even as early as next year and play Mark Stahl instead. That's just what I've seen of this Ranger team covering them for two years, and that's what sure. I think happens. But even even if you say that, you have to realize the Rangers are eventually buying out Mark Stahl. You're yes. basically saying <laughs> they're going to give him a one-year stay of execution just because, again, they don't want to eat the extra year of salary that it'll be. So they'll just pay him to either sit on the third pairing or sit in the press box. Exactly. But Mark Stahl is going to get bought out. So now what we're arguing is, will he be bought out this summer or next summer? Next summer. I, I honestly, I would, I'm at a point where I would be surprised if Mark Stahl is on the Rangers roster come opening night. I don't believe he'll be on the roster opening night, but it's like 51-49, not like 75-25. It's such an uncertainty because you really just have to think. They have this option to keep him on the roster as the seventh defenseman, and they have the cap space. They don't need the cap space. But you also have to think about, does he want to, I mean, he doesn't really have a choice, but... Do you want an angry Mark Stahl sitting in the press box every night? It's not a great look for anyone, so I can I can see them buying him out. I would think it's just the logical thing to do. Yeah, and then he's gonna go play with Tampa and be fine. So <laughs> I mean Brandon, we we've shit on Elaine Vigneault a lot, and uh my God, will I be doing it for another couple months as long as he's the coach? Have you started looking at guys you would want to replace Elaine Vigneault? I think everyone has the same name, Sheldon Keefe from uh, Toronto's AHL team. Um, I mean, from everything I've read about him, from the success of that team, he seems like a perfect fit. But I can't say I'm super confident that the Rangers will look at an AHL coach and an up-and-coming name and say, this is the guy we want. Logically, they should, but it just doesn't sound like something the Rangers tend to do. So I'm hoping we avoid retreats, but... I'm guessing we're going to get a retreat. Do you think how how afraid of the name Joel Quenville would you be? I like Joel Quenville. I think that's the one retreat I'm okay with. I'm not thrilled about it because again, I'm trying to avoid retreats in general, but he's had so much success. You look at the way he ices his roster. He usually makes the right decision. He'll do something weird like put Jordan Tutu on the second line every once in a while, but every coach tends to do that, even the really good ones. And the Blackhawks are almost always a good possession team. They've kind of faltered this year, but that roster is pretty bad this year. So I'm okay with that one. That's probably the one retreat I would accept. Is there a guy out there you're terrified of the Rangers getting? Hmm, good question. Um, Go in, Greg. Daryl Sutter, honestly. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up Sutter because I think the roster he needs such a specific roster for his system to work, and the Rangers' roster is not that roster. Yeah, I I understand one hundred percent why there are fans that like Sutter because he's a character and he's won a Stanley Cup. Yep. Those are two very easy things that play in the New York market. But he, I I am not the. I've said on this podcast that I would rather have Sutter than AV, and that's true. Yeah. I would, um, but I I've fallen in love with Sheldon Keefe, so I'm I'm kind of like <laughs> blinded by it. But uh, yeah, Sutter would be low on my list, I, honestly. 
he wants size and he wants this very specific fashion of hockey to be played that the Rangers are just not built to play. They need to be a speed team. Well, we watched them lose to the size, the size Kings. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. So that went really well. Of course. I try to stop thinking about that. One. I can't ever stop thinking about it. It kills me inside. <laughs> uh, it haunts, I, haunts me every day. Brandon, I don't think I've ever talked to you about this. I, I've been of the opinion that if the Rangers have decided that Elaine Vigneault is not going to be their coach on July 1st, they should fire him right now. But whenever I say that, people are worried like, wow, Lindy Ruff is the worst. Yeah, but who cares? It's not like Lindy Ruff's going to be the next head coach. Well, that's my fear. If they fire Vigneault, then somehow Ruff gets them on this run where they make the playoffs. Do they look at it? So often teams just hire the interim guy because he did such a good job. And then they find out weeks later, weeks into the new season, he has no idea what he's doing. Ruff is worse than Vigneault. I don't think that would happen. Honestly, I think the only reason Vigneault is head coach right now is because they don't feel like paying his salary for the time they would fire him when they're just going to have to pay two guys. I think they're looking at the season and saying, this is a failure. Let's just keep him on and then get rid of him after the season. That's my theory. Um, I, w- I will say the Rangers would be the only New York franchise that feels that way about head coaches. It just That's another thing that we've talked in this podcast before. The Rangers operate so differently from just about every other New York franchise yeah, that it blows definitely. my mind. Like if I, I, I mean, I can count on, I would need multiple hands that I don't have to count how many times the Mets just fire managers in the, in the regular season. Or, I mean, the Yankees, bad example, because you guys are good. So it's not exactly like you're changing managers all the time. Uh, Jets change managers or coaches all the time. Ben McAdoo got fired midseason. The Islanders, the one person that does get fired on the Islanders is the head coach. It's, it's just, I, the Rangers, they're just like, who's the last guy they fired midseason? Was it Tom Rennie? I think so, yeah. Like Even Tortorella got an entire season until the Rangers like, were just tired of your act. Well, because of Tortorella, I want to bring this up. For whatever it's worth, I think the most inspiring, re- motiv- whatever the strongest reason to believe in Yo won't be back is exit interviews, which is what kind of pulled the trigger on Tortorella. I can't see any player in exit interviews saying, yes, we must bring him back. I loved playing for him this year. And then you have a guy like Lundqvist, who I'm sure won't throw his coach under the bus, but he's facing 50-something shots a night. And he, I have to assume he understands systems and can see the problem that Elaine Vigneault himself can't see. He's asked, do you think these systems work? Do you think Elaine Vigneault should be back? There's no way he's saying yes. There's no way that the players are giving him their support. There's no way that these players want to play another season for him. So that's my biggest hope in terms of Vigneault being fired. He just lost the team. There's no way he still has the support of this team. Yeah, and it doesn't help that he also threw Lundqvist under the bus. So yeah, it's he, not like Lundqvist will be diving in front of it to protect, protect <laughs> his coach. That's so fascinating to me. He threw all the players that he needs the support of under the bus. I mean, half of them are gone now. He constantly criticized Miller. He's gone. He criticized McDonough, who was playing on like one ankle and one wrist. He's gone. But he criticized Shattenkirk too. Shattenkirk's going to be an important part of the future. Criticized Hayes at points. Hayes is an important part of the future. He, <laughs> he, does, every, he does everything to Buchnevich that you can name under the yeah, fucking he, sun. He, he, tor- spins, he tor- tor- <laughs> spins a wheel and just criticizes whoever it lands on. I just want my head coach to have, take responsibility and be like, this loss is on me. If there's anything that Tortorella did well, he goes, I didn't prepare the guys enough. It's my fault, et cetera. Yeah. 
and you have the players coming out and saying, I don't think we came out prepared tonight or we were out prepared or we didn't have the same game plan as the other team. They're not flat out saying it, but they're essentially saying we were out coached. And that's happened many times this season. Yeah, and Shana Goldman had a fantastic piece on The Athletic that highlighted just how many times the Rangers have given up not just first period goals, oh, yeah. but goals that. within the first five minutes of games. It's wow. Un- unbelievable amount this year. You point to it and you say that's coaching. Like every single game, it seems that the other team comes out more prepared. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not just like we're not just talking X's and O's coaching. We're talking about the guys that Elaine Vino decides to put on the ice to start the game. The <laughs> one that wrote, like is just burned into my memory is the time the Rangers essentially gave up two goals to the Winnipeg Jets in 50 seconds. Yep. And both times it was Steve Camper making a terrible play defensively. Interesting. So surprising, I got to say. Never would have seen that coming. Uh, but you know what? Camper's the reason why Stahl might not be here next year because somehow he's under contract for two more years. When did we give him a three-year contract? I don't know how this happened. Wait. Why did this happen? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Steve Camper has two more years on his deal. Wait, hold on. Are you serious? I think he has one left. I think it was a two-year deal. I think they did it for um, expansion draft reasons, but mm-hmm. it's really bad. Why are you worried about losing Steve Kepfer in the expansion draft? No, I think, I think they uh, extended him to cover the uh, the minimum requirements for a couple of things. But, oh. I mean, there you can sign Ryan Spruill. You can sign me. I, you don't have to put me in the NHL. Like you also, you also don't have to give him. You could have just extended him for this year. Yeah, but you didn't have to give him the other year on top of it. And then they wouldn't put him on waivers this uh, before the season because they were afraid of losing him. I can't believe anyone is afraid of losing Stephen Camper. <laughs> the the Hartford Wolfpack shouldn't be afraid of losing Stephen Camper. They're not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure Stephen Camper would have been playing every night for the Hartford Wolfpack. I, it's it's amazing. I'm trying to look on Sports Track right now to confirm this, but I can't seem to get it work on mobile. So there you go. Great, great I podcasting. Got, I got a uh, cap friendly coming up for you right now. Brennan, I appreciate you coming on. I know you got to get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, I got a little time. Any any last words you want to talk about this Rangers or the trade deadline and your reactions? Uh, something that non AV. I definitely am a fan of Nemestikov. That uh, the more I think about that trade, it. At first glance, so I was actually on the phone with my boss when I saw the deal. And I'm pretty sure I cursed under my breath, but I don't think he heard me. So, <laughs> But I, I just saw that there wasn't foot, there wasn't radish, there wasn't... I'd never expected Point or Sergachev at any point. But just not getting any of their best players, I left a sour taste in my mouth at first. But then I look at the trade, and I really like it when you split it up into two parts. Nemestikov for Miller, and then the rest of the prospects and the picks for McDonough. Nemestikov for Miller, I like Nemestikov better. It's always, I've never been a huge Miller fan. I think he's a good player. I think he'll do better in Tampa than he did in New York, but he's very redundant on the roster. They weren't going to pick him over Hayes, and it just didn't seem like a great fit. Nemestikov, I like a lot. He can actually enter the zone on his own. He doesn't have all the negative Lane Vigneault effects, and I don't think he'll be too expensive to extend. So then you have the other part of the trade. I don't like the quantity over quality concept that they went for there but the two picks yes they're late picks but getting two first round picks if the tampa wins the cup which i do think they'll win the cup one of the two years but of course it's incredibly difficult to win the cup even if it's a first a second 
and two very good prospects. I like it. I, I think it's enough. I don't at all think they would have gotten a better deal if they waited to the draft because then you think they'd get more talent in return for less time of McDonough's contract. So I think they just looked at it and said, this is the best we could get. Florida didn't have exactly many prospects or picks to give up and doesn't seem like anyone else was all in. It's the best they could do. I'm okay with that trade. I've made peace with the trade. And otherwise, I like Spooner. I think Spooner probably won't be here long term, but it was a good job to get him. And he, they'll get value out of him one way or the other. I think Gordon did a good job. I kind of don't want to lose Spooner. I'm kind of already growing attached. Is it the seven points in one game or something? It's actually the giraffes. It's the fact that he's obsessed with giraffes. And he has a giraffe tattoo. And I like <laughs> that about a guy. I do like unique players. Same. I'm a I'm a big fan. Like I think Chris Kreider speaks five languages, has a giant dong. So like I like him. But now like Ryan Spooner, he like has a giraffe tattoo and seven points in like two games. I, I'm in, I'm into that. I'm very into yeah. it. I, I think they can manage to keep them all if you put uh, Nemestikov and Hayes at center, throw Spooner on the wing. I gotta say my bold prediction, and this maybe not prediction, my bold possibility that people aren't discussing as they trade Zabanishad this off season. Mm. Whoa. They have a lot of centers and with no trade stuff coming up and a big contract. Bread. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm just I'm not, I'm not suggesting it. I'm not saying I'm on board. I haven't really thought much about it yet. But if you're looking at the type of moves they're making and the number of centers they have in this organization right now, it it just look out for the possibility. <laughs> hmm. I'd never, I never thought of that. I personally am just obsessed with the thought of the, uh, the comrade line of Kovalchuk, Nemesnikov, and Buchnevich from Mother Russia. That's all I want. It's coming, by the way. It'll be here. I, I, and I'm, I'm all in for it. That line does so many things to me. I love it. You have, you have a pure sniper, a pure playmaker, oh. and Pavel Buchnevich. Who's just pure? If he wants more than two years, I'm not in on Colville Chuck. If he'll oh, take two years. Yeah, I'm thinking two, give him two years, give him four to four and a half annually, call it a day. Colville Chuck, just give your wisdom to my young Russians and bring Igor with you. I'm fine with that. Just no more than two years. Once you get that third year in there, I'm, a, I'm fully out. I'm, I'm with you. I'm very, hard, I'm very in on the Colville Chuck two year deal. It's, it's my dream. And of course, if he plays well the first two years and we want to bring him back for a third, I don't see why we wouldn't. So. Yeah, I'm sure he wants to stay. Yeah. I got a blue line station for that one. My worst typo in the history. I So I'm known to make many typos through text because I don't look when I text. Is uh, It autocorrected to local gym. Local so, gym. <laughs> so I got to I gotta say, if Koval Chuck is on the team, I won't be too upset because it gets I get to keep that autocorrect going. Local gym. Lo- local gym. I, I, you know what? That, that's got a fun twang to it. I like it. Same. I do too. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Awesome to hear from you again. And um, there's a pretty good chance you'll be back on in the future. Sounds good to me. All right, Brandon. Peace out, man. Have a good one. We're back with recurring guest, Fitzy. Fitzy GSN of the Gotham Sports Network. The best gift guy on Twitter. And also co-host of a podcast that, I don't know, it's okay. The Garden Faithful. Some podcast like just re-resurrect itself conveniently to compete against us. Hey, Vim, what's up? Oh hey, uh, hey, it's going well, hey. guys. Thanks for thanks for having me back. That was a stirring introduction. Yes, so you know, so, so weird to see you here. <laughs> Co- competition breeds excellence. That's all I'll say. I'll be honest. I've been motivated since you guys came back. 
It was like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, oh, a lot of hype videos and a lot of like 17 songs as an intro. And I was like, wow, got to get really motivated. These guys recorded 34 minutes. I don't know how I'm going to compete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I did listen. You're to killing be, me. To be fair, I did listen. To the, oh, to, the best. To, to and the, if, if, if fair being fair, I, I haven't yet. It, it's, it's on, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I, I want to listen because I love you both. I'm just, I'm lazy with podcasts. I haven't even listened to any of our podcasts. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I, I get real lazy sometimes too. It's just like you sit in there and it's like, when am I going to listen to this? Uh, maybe I'll do it in a little while. Maybe I'll do it now. And then you just forget. I have something to admit. I listen to at least one episode of every Ranger podcast, even the ones you think I don't listen to. Oh, no, I know you listen to Tilted Ice. I you're, did. You're, part, you're part of the 57, bro. I, I did, the, the 57 club. Loyal listeners. The loyal 57. <laughs> loyal I, I definitely checked it out to be like, what's this about? And then I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. I feel, I feel bad. Their, their number one podcast is with now Tampa Bay Lightning spouse Natalie Miller. I know. How do they think uh, they feel about that? All right, we should get off this. Uh, yeah, we should. F- Fitzy, we brought you on to talk a little bit about the boys, the new boys in town, the new boys on Broadway. Let's start with the Mestikov, and we're going to talk about pretty much where you think these guys end up and where you see their places in the future. Mestikov, what are your thoughts on him so far? I've been really impressed with him so far. I think he's he's uh, got a lot of offensive ability, and the the fact that he could play center, I didn't know that when they traded for him that he could slide in and play center. So I think that's pretty big for them, um, because this whole last year or so they've been trying to before they traded him. Of course, JT Miller was, you know, they were, they weren't sure if he was a center or a winger. Av always talked about how he was a, a shutdown center at the World Juniors, which doesn't make any sense because he stinks on defense. Um, so, you know, Nemestikov, I've, I've really liked the way he fit in. Uh, I think he's got a lot of good offensive potential. Um, he's really looked well with Zook so far. I think they're developing some nice little chemistry and out of all the guys they've gotten, like he was really the young roster player. I was the most excited about, you know, Spooner has been cool, but you know, Nemestikov, I, I just love his game. I've really been impressed with him so far. And I'm, I'm hoping that he's the one they try the best to, uh, keep around because he's an RFA at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I feel like all of us, we're not the only ones guilty of this. I almost feel like everyone following hockey in some way, shape, or form took Nemestikov a little for granted. Everyone was saying, ah, well, he had the easiest job in sports. He's playing with Stamkos and Kucherov. Anyone could put up 40 points playing with those guys. But we're kind of seeing a glimpse as to what Vladi can do in the center. He's been He's been dynamic, and he's been one of the few guys – shit over the last two years that seems to be able to bring the puck in themselves without having to dump a chase. Also, I want to yeah. point this out. He does seem like he wanted to be here. Weird enough. He was like, I'm happy to be here. I can make a brand I think on this he, team. I think it, building off what Greg said, I think he's like excited to show that he wasn't just a product of playing with great players in Tampa. That like, I think he's like got a little chip on the shoulder. Like, all right, like I can play. Like I'm a, I'm a, you could build your, I'm a piece on a good team. Like, I'm not some some guy you just stick with a couple – I'm not like Jake Gensel or Connor Sheary. Like, I've got game. I can play. So, like, I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder, and he's he's ready to prove that. Would you be comfortable with him as the Rangers' number two center going into next year? Is that assuming – is the one one through three is advantage at him and Hayes? Yes. I think I would be, honestly. I don't think I'd be too upset about it because then you could – you know, Hayes, you can use him as your matchup guy you can kind of free up the KZB line to to do a little more offensively. And then you have another center with some offensive ability to, to kind of drive play with another line. So I would be, I would be okay with it. The only complication is what does that do with Heedle and Anderson in the, uh, in the A? 
Well, I think yeah. Anderson goes to wing or Heedle goes to wing. One of them, at left, I, definitely. I, I think both of them get another year in Hartford. Why rush them? Why do we got to rush them? Why do they have to be up next year? And we talk, we talk about this with Drew a little earlier. You obviously don't know that because you came on after Drew. But why, why, why must we feel like these guys have to be in the NHL next year? They're still teenagers. Why not give them another year in Hartford? A full season together in Hartford. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I, I would. Uh, I think the one it would uh, benefit the most probably is Anderson at this point because he's only been over for what like a couple about a month now. Yeah, I'd say. Month, yeah. um, mm-hmm. So like he he does had the full season and and he he you know he technically did make the team out of camp. So I think if anyone's ready to make the jump, it's him. Um, but I, I I kind of agree with you. Like there is no rush. Like there's there's no re- it, the only way I think it makes sense. For, for either of them to come up next season right away is if they just come into camp and, and they dominate and they look like they are NHL-ready players. Like, they, they're out there. They're making, you know, all the plays they need to make. There's no there's no critiques from – well, there'll be critiques from the coaches because that's what he does. But uh, Wait, he like, won't be know, here, okay? Relax. <laughs> let's let's hope. But that's a whole other discussion. But, I, yeah. like, I agree with you. I, I think, yeah, another year in Hartford does them both pretty well. And we say Heedle's been there for a full season. He's only played 38 games. He missed a lot That's of time right. with injury. He missed the first couple of weeks of the season because he was stuck in the press box thanks to a certain French-Canadian gum-chewing moron. It, he really hasn't had a, he hasn't even had a half season in Hartford. Yeah, that's a good point. And then he also was, was alone for the World Juniors, too. So that's, that's you know, taken away for that, too. Yeah, I, 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 the more I think on it, the more I'm starting to realize ain't no rush. Leave him in Hartford for another year. And also, it's not, a, it's not a punishment. You don't want to put him on the fourth line when we sign John Tavares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and trade for Eric Carlson. Yeah. And uh, maybe Dowdy, too. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, I haven't even thought of Dowdy. Uh, so we're all team Nemesnikov. Uh, I, I yes. like it. Ryan Spooner, when the Rain, Rangers got him almost immediately, and I'm guilty of this. Uh, Fitz, you might be guilty of it, too. We all kind of thought, well, eh, he might not be here that long. He might be flipped. Maybe this is a guy the Rangers trade again before the deadline even happens. Maybe this is the guy the Rangers dangle uh, at the draft because, like we've said, they have a lot of restricted free agents they're going to have to worry about. As impressive as the Mesnikov has been, hard to argue with seven points from Ryan Spooner in three games. Yeah, he's been good, and uh, I really like that that Hayes-Fost-Spooner uh, uh, line. I think that could be like a, a pretty good like shutdown line. You throw them out as like you're, they're not technically a top – two line but they're your third line that you could kind of match and play um yeah he's been impressive and he's just he just looks like an all-around good player you know what i mean like he there's very few flaws with his game that you could see and and yeah i was with i was in the same boat with you guys that i thought he was gonna get flipped right away i thought you know he'd he'd be dangled at the draft and you know i saw on twitter the other day people already talking about you know trading him and getting ready for all that nonsense and everything and you know i get it but I, I really just feel like I want to see how they play for 20 games. I want to see how they look with the team for 20 games. You know, it's we, we all get caught up in, especially once the letter came out and all these hypotheticals of, oh, you know, let's see if we could float this guy here or, or what's contracts this guy going to get or what, what are the trade packages we could do to get this guy or whatever. Um, I just want to see the, this team play. I just want to see, you know, the new guys play, the young kids play. I just want to see how they look and then the rest will figure it itself out later. So, you know, like you said, Spooner's been really impressive. Uh, I didn't know he had this kind of offensive ability. You know, the, most of the, the notes on him coming over from, from Boston was that he was more of a defensive forward, kind of a guy you could play on a matchup line. Um, you know, you're not going to get that much offense out of him, but, but he's, he looks like another guy who's, you know, 
I think we really tend to forget just fresh starts for guys around that age, like the Mestikovs, 25, Spooners, 26. Sometimes when you've been with an organization for, you know, since you've been drafted, you, things just get stale after a while. And then, and then, you know, changing scenario, it just brightens everything up and changes it. And you could, you know, take, take a little step and become a better player. So I've been impressed with him. And uh, yeah, if, 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 you know, it's all about the price with him. If it's uh, reasonable, I think they should bring him back without a doubt, just because having NHL players around is, is never a bad thing, especially when you've got so many kids that'll be coming up through the next couple of years. Do you see a scenario where you're comfortable with the Rangers extending all three of Vladdy Spooner and Hayes? Uh, it's tough. Um, I am if they somehow find a way to get Stahl off the books without buying him out. That would be the only way. Yeah, I just don't see that being possible. I mean, so they would have to attach a pick or a prospect. To get rid of them. Yeah. Thirty thirty million dollars, and you're you're I, I'm 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 wording this as if I disagree with you, but thirty million dollars in cap space, and you you would be nervous about extending three mid twenty year old for, uh, forwards. I I don't think I'd be I don't want to say apprehensive. I just think it's like, is it the best way to use your cap moving forward? Because you know I've seen I've seen people say like one of the reasons they were able to get Spooner is because they took on Boleski's cap hit, right? So like that's something that they could do moving forward a lot because they're going to have cap space. And, you know, let, let, you know, we could all joke about John Tavares, but I, I don't think he's coming here. Um, so it's like I don't I don't see <laughs> I don't see them like going and just, you know, spending money like crazy this summer. I really think Jeff Gordon is like wants to build from within and make smart signings and not just try to go for the flashy, flashy signings. So, you know, I guess when you think about it like that, I'd be fine with with all three of them getting resigned. The only thing that's worrisome is. What are they going to do with Brady Shea? Because if they bridge deal him, then that's that's just a disaster that's waiting a disaster. to happen. In a couple of years. Please do not do that, Rangers. That kid needs a five year deal. Stat. If anything, his year this year might help them lock him up long term because you know he hasn't been as good as last year. He's been a little sophomore slump, but like you know, his counting stats aren't where they were, so that might be able to help them kind of drive the price down over a long term contract, maybe like five six years. You could lock him up like five mil, even maybe a little less. That would be terrific. I don't think there's a player I'm more excited to see under a new head coach than Brady Shea, and that includes Pavel Buchnevich. Oh, yeah. Count me out on that one. I'm going to go Pavel Buchnevich number one. I'll put Brady Shea too. I I think I Pavel is what the, when people say someone is what they he is, it, it's kind someone of like a negative connotation. <laughs> but when when I say Pavel Buchnevich is what he is, he's an elite playmaker. But that's what he is. We even in AV system. We've seen Buchnevich do things with the pucks that other Ranger forwards simply aren't capable of. I just feel like Brady Shea is going to be released once he gets out of this system. And I, I really don't think there's a player that's going to benefit more from AV's removal from this team than Brady Shea. And honestly, there's no more important player to benefit from that change than Brady Shea. Because with Ryan McDonough gone and Kevin Shattenkirk, as much as I love him, this team will only be as good as Brady Shea allows them to be defensively at least yeah i agree i agree and I, I think like you said the coaching change will help him um you know be more of like a one-man breakout sometimes because i think sometimes he looks to try to just transition the puck to the forwards a lot instead of just blowing by everyone because because he can so um i agree with you i think if, if if they make a coaching change he could he could flourish under a new in a new system that allows him to just use his talents and uh hopefully they they stick with that shea gilmore pairing for the rest of the season because it's just been tremendous to watch i love it every time they're on the ice 
let's stay focused on moves the Rangers could possibly make at the NHL draft. Matt Zuccarello, it, it, there's still kind of a cloud lingering over him. Do you think it benefits the Rangers to trade him, or is it more beneficial for him to be the veteran voice in the locker room now? Oh man, I'm see, I'm like I'm real torn on this one um, because I I like Zook and I think he can be that voice kind of, but at the same time, I could just see a team just like thinking he's like a, a missing piece for a top six forward or like a you know like a top nine, just like add to your top nine, make it better at the draft, maybe maybe offer up a, a first or a second and maybe a prospect or something. So you know, I'm in the belief of uh, I would I would I would look to move him and I, you know it's tough to say because I love him I love the way he plays you know we all know Matt Zuccarello he's just terrific but uh, yeah I think it, at this point I think it's time time to you know got to ship him out and and if, if it were me and because I I truly think Rick Nash is coming back here this summer so I think he's going to end up being the voice to the next generation I will say this and I know the Ranger fans don't want to hear it I am ready to ship Matt Zuccarello it was a great time. We loved each other. Mm-hmm. We held each other in the morning. We ate second breakfast together. <laughs> but but those times are over. This, the, that period of Rangers hockey is over. We're obviously transitioning to the next period. And it, it, it's just, if I can get any value from Zuccarello, and I should be able to, by the way, I'm going to take it. I'm in a mindset now where I, I think the Rangers are going to have one of Matt Zuccarello or Rick Nash on their roster next year. And... I'm at a point now where I, I, I really don't know who it's going to be. Obviously, Nash, if, if they choose to go Nash, it provides them a unique opportunity to not just basically transfer Matt Zuccarello's cap hit over to Rick Nash, bring him back on a two-year deal or so, but you also get the whatever pieces come back in a Zuccarello trade, which is probably a prospect and a high-end draft pick. I, I just – I don't know. I could also see the Rangers saying – is there a better player to help lead a young roster than Matt Zuccarello? Cause he's been there. He's been that guy in New York. He's grown up as a Ranger, not to mention he's still a top six forward. So if, if the goal is, I'm not saying the Rangers are going to be cup contenders next year, but I still have a kind of hard time believing the Rangers are going to tank next season. I think they're going to be happy if they make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to expect a long playoff run, but if that's the goal, I, I'm hard pressed to say Matt Zuccarello isn't a better fit for this Ranger team than Rick Nash. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely get that. Um, I just, I just think at this point, with with trying to restock and add more to the system and everything, I, I think you just if you get a, if you get an offer, you know, like you said, a, a draft pick and a and a prospect, uh, I think it's hard for you to turn it down if you're Jeff Gordon. Is there a guy currently on the roster, not Zuccarello, not an older veteran, is there a guy currently on the roster in your mind that the Rangers may dangle as trade bait who otherwise we wouldn't think so? The two for me would be Chris Kreider and Jimmy Vesey. Um, I I will say, I don't think Vesey is under it. I think the Rangers will trade Jimmy Vesey. I agree. I think he's gone. think so. You guys think 100% gone. Yeah, I think he's totally gone. Yeah, I, especially I, I considering they already have to make hard decisions about Nemesnikov, Spooner, and Hayes. I feel like Jimmy Vesey is the easy restricted free agent decision for you to make. It just hasn't worked in New York. I think you just move on. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I you know he's been he's been better the last w- week or so uh, since he's been playing with Matt Zuccarello and, and Nemesnikov, and, uh, yeah, and you know duh. I think he's, I, yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I tweeted this out last week. I think he's like a he's he's a fine player if he's the third best player on the line. 
you know, you put him with a couple good players and he's going to play well because he, you know, he's, you know, we, we all shit on Jimmy VC a lot for, you know, for various reasons, but, uh, you know, he's a smart hockey player. He's, he's, he knows how to play and he knows how to get to the right areas of the ice. So if you, if you have players who could get the puck to the net, get him pucks in open areas, I think he's fine. I just don't think he's like a driving force for a team moving forward. So like, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I think he's, He's someone who most likely would be gone. And then, and to me, Chris Kreider is the other one, just because this health thing kind of, I think would scare the Rangers moving forward a little more, even though it's kind of a freak accident, you know, but um, I think there's just always that feeling, even though he's a good player that you just always want a little more from Kreider. And I just, I just see some team seeing that cap hit and being like, wow, this guy can literally jump out of a pool. So let's, let's, uh, let's just trade everything for him. I am going to defend Chris Kreider as I always do, and I, I still believe he is one of the one of, if not the best offensive player on the Rangers. Uh, I would like to see him stick around for this next stage. I will say about VC, he's one hundred percent the guy the Rangers trade, and then we as fans get angry when he actually starts producing. Oh, he'll be good as soon as he's on the team. Yeah. Like the as day, soon as day one, as soon, he's another guy that I feel like AV just not just stunted his growth, but just prohibited prohibited him from growing. It's not, yeah, it's not his fault. It just no, I, on another team. I think Jimmy VC is a perfectly capable top nine forward that can float between your second and third line, depending on matchups. But under under Elaine Vino, he just sorry technical difficulties. Oh, you're still here. Hey, buddy. D- didn't even know you were gone. That's good news. Yeah, we're just we're just <laughs> talking about how AV fucked Jimmy VC, and as soon as VC gets traded, I feel like he's going to become a productive NHL forward. Yeah, I can see that. I I you know, I've just never been in love with the way he plays, so. You know, it is what it is with him. I think, you know, they, they did it. It was a splashy move. Um, You know, he was a college UFA and everything. I just think sometimes we really overrate those guys because they sign in the dead of August when nothing's happening and it's the only thing to talk about. That's exactly what we did, by the way, on this podcast. Yeah. So Me too. <laughs> right, on yours, the Garden Faithful. Not a competitor. <laughs> no, not at all. Friend not a, of the program. Not a competitor whatsoever. Definitely not motivating me. Um, anyways, any last questions we have for Fitzy before we move on here, buddy? I'm just, uh, what is all this? You're, you're a big Shattenkirk guy. You're, you're, you're known to be a big Shattenkirk guy. What does all this mean for Shattenkirk? This is, this is clearly a different situation than he thought he was getting himself into. He's got one of the most affordable contracts in the NHL, given his skill set. What do you think this all means for Kevin Shattenkirk? Cause I oh, feel like I think that, that's something, that's something we haven't talked about yet. I think he's probably the most pissed out of everyone. He's got to be. Honest. He's got to be. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd be furious if I was him. Like they sold you the bill of goods that like you were a missing piece for this team, and we're gonna toss you on the top pair with Ryan McDonough, and then they play. <laughs> they like, played forty-seven four. minutes together. Yeah. Oh, they tried it though, according to some some beat writer out there. He tried everything. Oh yeah. I'm, oh yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of saying I, I don't like subtweeting. It was Rick Carpinello. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he tries to do he tries to do a Ranger version of Thirty One Thoughts, and it's just trash. Just trash. Yeah. Not great. Not great. I do it's... as I do as I tend to do. I read people I don't like, so I continue to read Carpinello because I have an athletic subscription. Um, oh, I, I read as well, and then I immediately click meh. Yeah, <laughs> me for me every time. Me too. It's just, it's just like out of all the people they could have gotten for the athletic, like just, this. Just let Shayna do everything. Some of the I'm articles are, are okay. They're okay. 
He's but, a good writer, Rick Arbonnet. Like he covered my high school sporting events back in the day. Like he's a, he's a good writer, but like he's a good to me at least. He's a on, he's a high school sports on reporter. Tw- on Twitter, when he's like they they tried everything. That one particular tweet, I was like, what are you, what have you? Yeah, even and then you, I this sent game? him the I sent him the screenshot of the times, and he goes, all right, well that's trying everything. It was like it was like Brady Shea and Brian McDonough like twelve point two. Well, that's yeah, trying, I guess. And then, uh, and then I responded, and he okay coached me, and I guess that was that. <laughs> okay, coach. Terrific, just okay, terrific. Coach. Anyway, Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would be just furious if I was him, and and I guess you know maybe he's the guy they look to 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 kind of be the voice of the new generation because he's a vet, he's been around a long time, and he, his contract will be up. I think like. As as the Rangers rebuild kind of like goes back as it trends back upward, he'll kind of be at the end of his contract. So I think he's going to be a guy they try to keep to bring up the new generation of defensemen. And then honestly, I feel like when there's a year left on his contract, he's a guy who's going to get traded at the deadline oh again. Oh my god, so brutal! <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I, I feel I actually like feel for the guy because because like he 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 left years and money on the table to come here. Oh, and, and he left years from a team named the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and and the Devils, who are another good team. Like like he 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 had offers to go play for good teams and chose to come back home, and that's why sometimes you never come back home <laughs> as an athlete. It never, it, there's usually something holding it up, and there's always complications of some kind. This is obviously not like having people from out of the woodshed come asking you for tickets, but it's still you know a shitty situation, and it sucks for him. Here's here's the good one to end on. I think who's the next Rangers captain? man i don't i don't even care to be honest with you like it's just like one of the furthest things in my mind but but like i i i think rick nash honestly i really do wow that's a hot take that's that's my take yeah because i think he's i think zuccarello will be traded i think nash is coming back and i think what better guy to to lead in the next generation than rick nash he's just i'm a big rick nash guy i love the way he conducts himself on and off the ice i think he's just a great leader and I think he's he wants to be here and he'll he'll have no problem helping you know he's made his money so I think he'll be fine coming back you know on a lesser deal and trying to help make the kids understand what it's like to be a pro and all those cliches and shit but you know I think he's a, a great choice for it I really think I I'm if Zuccarello doesn't get moved I think it's Zuccarello oh agreed I agree there but but I still think he's getting moved I think he should have been moved at the deadline personally that, that's just me I the also, fact that I he wasn't that moved at the deadline makes me think he's not going to be moved because the Rangers weren't shy about just moving everybody at the deadline. Yeah, it just I just like I don't I don't get like he's another he was just like McDonough where you had the two playoff runs with him. So like I feel like that was the best time to capitalize on his value, especially because he's another one who's you know not making a ton of money. Yeah, the te- the deal is really team friendly. Yeah, it, it, they, I remember it being said like that when it when it was signed because you know there was all the talk that he was going to get traded before he signed this contract, like whatever it was, three four years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was just like, I told my agent like enough, like I'll do whatever it takes to stay here, like I'm not getting traded, I want to stay here, so he basically took less money to stay here, so. Man, you know, sports sounds, is brutal, sounds, by the sounds way. Like, sounds like good talk for my future captain. You know, no kidding. loyalty in sports. There's no such thing as loyalty. Yeah, also, yeah, one more one more time, because we've said this before. There is zero loyalty to players in sports. You love yeah. players, but unless they have a no-move contract, there is no loyalty. And even with a no-move contract, they just buy them out. So, 
Your, yeah, your loyalty is to the shield. Your loyalty is to the shield. It's not to the player, despite how much you love these players. When you hear, when you see fans and and shit tweeting about people with with their contracts and how like they they hate people because they took too much money, I'm always like, man, get the fuck out of here! Like, oh, yeah. they, they'll, they'll ship this guy out of here at a second's notice, and you want him to to give more money to these greedy fucking owners so like they can help build a what so they could trade him in a couple of years or something like that or, or cut him or send him to the miners or just shank him like i like i i just get, i think it's a get your money boys dandroid is collecting yeah. two checks right now two that's what i'm and saying he's about to win a stanley cup so good for him man never count another man's money never i'm happy for those <laughs> I, guys i just i still can't believe steve eisenman sold his house to dandroid that is fucking hilarious. Steve Eisenman out here giving out $4 million contracts and Dan Girardi out here buying $4 million houses. From <laughs> That's money laundering. That's exactly what that is. We haven't Amazing. talked enough about the Tampa Bay Lightning laundered money. Yeah. Well, it happened. So there you are. And the Rangers are still paying Dan Girardi. Uh, Fitzy, plug a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at FitzGSN underscore at the end. Had to change that up. Um, oh, did you? Uh yeah, yeah, I, I, I only made it Fitzy because the Fitz GSN was taken, so I really don't like the Y being in there, so oh. I, I got rid of that. Um, you know, you can follow me on Twitter there. Like I said, uh, you can, I always catch my work at, at GothamSN.com, and of course, you know, the Garden Faithful podcast with me and my friend Will. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we're just we're sick. just competing, uh, just yeah. just breeding excellence here in this quadrant of Rangers, uh, Rangers content. Oh yeah, that's us. Um, we're actually about to, about to bring on your co-host, so that'll be fun. Oh, sh- shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. he'll kill him like he always does. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to kill him, uh, for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, dude, always appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, thanks for having me, fellas. It's always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. And we're back. Hey, oh, shit. I stopped. Re- oh, no. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll stop recording. Should I'll stop. Did not have ripped that bong so hard, right? <laughs> you know what? I was going to stop recording, but this makes your podcast look so good. I'll just leave it. <laughs> we have right. we have Mr. Brian Wotanik with died. us. Uh, host, I almost died. You almost caught my death on air. Host of or co-host of some other podcast named The Garden Faithful, returned last week with a three-minute opening. Yes, uh, yeah, that was it was long. I liked it, but it was long. It was long. I was like, I don't know who edited this, but they took a long time to do it. The Stone Cold music brought me back into it. Like I, I almost ran through my wall. That's the music that gets me going the, the hardest. I go to the gym whenever I walk through the doors. That's what I play. Um, yeah. Also, you're back with the Gotham Sports Network. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Good news. We were never recruited to there. <laughs> and, um, so that was good. And then, listen, great to have you back on. Always a pleasure. Our, our favorite guest, Greg? Oof. Um, I feel like you have to be careful when you say that because... I, I think it's, it's fine. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Woj. I just like that when Travis Yost called into our podcast, who I consider a very serious journalist, I'm just talking to you about how I got so drunk the night before I threw up pizza all over my friend's apartment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know what? Yost ran with it. He, he was did. like, oh, man, I've been there. Yost was great. Uh, yeah, I guess so. What was his second? So that's nice. Got that out of the way. Now, did he bring his terrible food takes to the podcast? He did. Greg got along with him just swell. I, yeah, I, no, I, I, Greg has terrible food tastes as well. Yeah. It's Greg is terrible yeah, food. Look, I, got, I, I have finer tastes and finer things if you catch my drift. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. No idea what that means. Go on. No, elaborate. Buttholes. Yes. <laughs> Right when anyway, we, anyway, right uh, where we left the off, yeah, Jeff. Stay, 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 stay to the Rangers, great butthole guys. I did say, uh, 
Butthole Boys. All right, so now we're talking about the fans of the New York Rangers. Uh, here's where we Speaking are. Speaking of which. Yeah, Butthole Boys and the fans of the New York Rangers. Where where do we stand as a fan of this team going forward? How how are we like? How do we view the New York Rangers knowing that they're sort of in a rebuild now? I think it's the most exciting the team's been in years. Like, I mean, take away the cup run in 2013, 2014. I have never been so like loosey goosey with the Rangers. Like I turn on the games every night, zero expectations, probably going to drink and probably just going to have fun watching some of these young kids play. And it's going to be that way next year as well. Like anybody who thinks they're going to be contending for a cup next year, let's just take that step right back. Let's just reel that in. It ain't gonna happen. They're not gonna be contending for a cup next year. Probably not even contending for a playoff spot again. But you don't. I, you think so? I, I will. I will say this because I've said it. I, I just talked with your co-host Fitz about it. I think the Rangers are set up to compete for a playoff spot next year, as is. Well, if the Metro stays the way it is, the Metro fucking blows all of a sudden. So. Metro stays the way it is. You have. You still have Henrik Lundqvist. You have a younger, more exciting team. And you have a new head coach. And you also have Kovalchuk. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I think he's staying. Uh, I don't want to hear it, Woj. I don't want to hear it. I think he's staying. He's not staying. I, why? Okay, tell gonna, us why. I gear, he's going to put together a nice little run in these next few games. We're going to walk ourselves right out of a chance at the lottery, and he's going to get himself another little, another little year. No. It's like, My counterpoint is I think – look, I'm, I'm right. I'm a conspiracy theorist just like you are. I think Gorton's made up his mind already. This, I hope so. The Gorton, the Gorton very much not even giving him the vote of confidence like – apropos in press conferences these days makes me feel like the Rangers made up their mind. They're just, they're I, just I, letting I, I them sail believe. away. Come, come chew away. Come chew away. And then he'll just <laughs> chew, he'll chew gum right out of the stadium. And that's the last thing I want. I mean, I just don't, I don't want him being here. I can't do it. I can't podcast another year about AV. Like it's my mental health wouldn't help. It wouldn't. You got to clean up the entire coaching staff, though. Like it's all they. Yeah. Rough's got to go as well, too. Like it's got to be a huge clean of the sweep. And I just don't think they have it in them. I don't know. I don't, I I I'm, I'm firmly on the team now where I think he's gonna stay. I don't want him to stay. Let me just get that out there. I'm fucking super anti AV, but I think he's gonna be here next year at the beginning of the season. Really tight leash, probably, but he probably will be here to start the season. I would absolutely what, hate that. What do you think? Okay, well, once again, let's focus this back on the fan base since you're our fan base correspondent for this. You're, you're the fan ex. You have Ryan. You, you have the pulse of the people. I think that's fair. Pulse of the people. What would AV returning do to this fan base? Miserable. It, <laughs> like we're we're already locked. There's already like a a civil war on Twitter about Elaine Vigneault, and it's Is been it? one of the most annoying storylines this entire year. Would I? I think people would take up arms. Yes, no, they definitely would. Um, it would be one of those things though. Like we would get to the like say AV is still here by the summer. We get to the draft. We have fun at the draft, and that's gonna be that same joke that's gonna be made after every draft pick. Well. He still has to play for Elaine Vigneault. Elaine Vigneault still has to give him a chance. Elaine Vigneault's going to put this guy in the fourth line. Elaine Vigneault's going to play Cody McLeod over him. And we're just going to hear that all the time. So, yes, no, I agree. Keeping him is an awful move for the fans. It, it's going to – we're going to lose so much interest over this. Just look at all the people who've already tweeted, like, oh, I don't even care. Like, I'll watch basketball or I'll watch college basketball instead of the Rangers now. It's like – just because of the coach, really? Like, I mean, I don't get it. It's something to be angry about, but, like – it would be horrible for the fans. So I think that's the smartest move in terms of like they should put out a letter to the fans for the fans just releasing uh, Vignole. Like don't even like do it like as official like breaking news of Lane Vignole's been relieved. Just let the fans sign a petition. If it gets so many signatures, be like all right, well fuck it, they decided. Uh, that's it. Are you trying to say like let democracy work? I, I listen, yes. I, you know where yes, I'm, you yes. know where I'm from, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, where are you from? United States. It goes really well. It's never been wrong before. <laughs> So uh, that's good. Well, listen. There's a reason we're bringing a lot of Russians over. We're trying to make. Yeah. We're trying to make a new team here. 
is Putin going to be the new head coach of the Rangers? Listen, is he's pulling the strings. I mean, hey, what, okay. How about this theory? Would you accept Putin as the Rangers head coach if it meant Ovechkin? Yes. Oh yeah. Because there's, there's there's no <laughs> yes. way there's no way Vladimir Putin takes an NHL head coaching job and Ovechkin isn't immediately like I must follow him. Do you know how hard Ovechkin? I mean, I'm not saying Ovechkin doesn't play hard, but you know how hard he would play for a head coach of Putin. Like he loves Putin, huge Putin guy, obviously. Like he'd play his ass off every night. He'd get past the second round, even. That's unbelievable. <laughs> do something he's never done before. Uh, I I will say while we're talking about our Russians. I, I can't tell you how excited I am for the Mother Russia line. You've mentioned what, this before. Kovalchuk, Domestikov, and Buchnevich. Give it to me. Shoot it straight in my veins. You don't know want Kovalchuk either? Do you no. want any joy? You're going to say no. AV is going to stick around, and now you don't want our <laughs> our, our Marxist right-winger, Ilya Kovalchuk? <laughs> There's a reason he's going to be here. He wants to play here. He'll take a two-year deal. Oh, I know he does. Oh, yeah, he does. He doesn't want to play anywhere else. Well, do you know what you need to do? You need to go back and watch Enemy at the Gates, and you're going to have a whole new appreciation for the Russian people <laughs> watching that movie. Jude Law. When I think Russia, I think Jude Law. Don't worry. Well, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Kovalchuk come over next year or bring back Nash? Oh, Nash. Well, there uh, you go. No, Kovalchuk. Really? Kovalchuk. Yeah. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Matt Zuccarello and Ilya Kovalchuk than Rick Nash. Do you think Zook's staying or do you think he's gone at the we draft? I think he's gone. I think, I think I, so, too. I'm of the opinion where one one or the other happens. Either Zook stays or Nash comes back. Ooh, actually, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, I can see that. One of those. I think Zook goes at the draft. Me too. And I, I, I just, I'm assuming I feel like they, they would have. I feel like they would have traded him if they wanted to trade him. They could have. I think they yeah. were. I, this is going to sound crazy, but I've I, I've seen workplace inefficiencies had before. I don't think they had enough time to talk about Zook without all the trades they were making. Mm. It was just it was just too loaded. I know that Do sounds you think crazy. He did- do you think he gets to the point where he gets into the FO's year and it's like, look it, I'm not happy. Get me out of here. No, he I think loves he loves New York. He loves it. You think so? Yeah. yeah. I think I think he loves New York. How? I think, quick question though. How pissed are you guys going to be with Zuccarello as a Penguin? Really I don't think I don't think he's going to be a Penguin. I, I really I think. I mean, Haglin, you know, just doing the math. It, it, it's it's falling too perfectly. Like it, it's Haglin going there was one thing. Broussard landing there this year is one thing. If Zuc goes there. I don't know what I'll do. They talk about fans. Like, I don't know what I'll do. This That's another one of those things. The fan base would erupt if all three of those. And Penguins fans on Twitter are insufferable. And they would just be drinking our tears like fucking water. And oh. as, as they should, by the way. And those are the three amigos, right. for sure. Those guys love each yeah. other. And I feel like Zuccarello would be like, yeah, I'll play with my bros. Even just the tweet they put out of Broussard and Haglin was the meanest fucking thing oh, I've ever seen. So Rangers fans. I, I will say this, though. And... You will probably feel differently about this than I do, Woj. I think Ranger fans reacting to the Broussard to the Penguins deal was too much. Like, chill the fuck out. Who cares? I care. Yeah, especially because we got Zabinajad in terms of like, and then he couldn't, I don't say he couldn't succeed in audio, Ottawa, but like, it, it looks better for the Rangers FO to be like, here, now we have Zabinajad and he's over there in Pittsburgh. But it just sucks that he's going to Pittsburgh. It's just, I, I think it could be any other team that Paglin was there. We'd be like, oh, I don't care. It's just because it's Pittsburgh, though. Uh, first of all, f- anyone goes to the Flyers, I'm feeling a certain way. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. True. 100%. Yeah. I right. just I feel no, I like, look, the, the Rangers have folded the tent. They've gone inside. They're not doing the sleepover anymore under the stars. They're not going to the playoffs this year. So mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Oh, well, I don't know about do. that. Three points out. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> There's no way. There's Dude, no fucking oh. chance. You see their schedule left? Woo-hoo. Do you want yeah, the Rangers we to make the playoffs this year? No, I, I want the Rangers to stay as far away from the playoffs. Like, again, and this is what kind of talk about the fan thing. Like, it, it sucks watching this team win because we want to do the exact opposite. Like, you don't want to root for losses necessarily because, like, 
again, the games have been fun. Like the people scoring, the young kids, like Spooner and Mestinikov, like they've been fun to watch. But like, I don't know. I I don't know. That's my train of thought there. But like, I well, I, I I think you feel the same way I do. I want my young kids to play well, and I want the Rangers to lose three two every day. Yes, exactly, exactly. I, I want the two goals to come from Buchnevich, Nemesnikov, <laughs> Spooner, Gilmore, Bianc, Brady, Brady well, any, any of those Brady two. Shea, yep. Let those let those two two goals from any of those guys with everyone else giving them primary assists. That's a successful night. Also, Hank needs to go on vacation. Just take a couple weeks off. Yeah, he's earned it. Let's see what we got with Georgiev. Let's... I had a sick thought in my head after he thought I thought he got hurt in the last game, where I was like, oh, "Ooh, this could be good. <laughs> this oh, no. could be good." Oh no! Like, maybe just a bad Bruce hand. He misses like three, four games, six, seven. Like who knows? It's like, he just—he's earned a break. That's my only thing. Just like, if, no, if anyone, if anyone on the New York Rangers has earned a vacation, Henrik fucking loves. Hey, we're not saying we don't love you, man. So like, listen, right? We're not doing that. Just take a couple of games off. That's all we're asking. Like Islanders fans did the billboard thing. We should start a GoFundMe to go send Hunter Klonquist like Disney for a week. <laughs> I listen. I'm pretty sure he'd go other places. I know you love Disney. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just my first thought. Always, yeah, I just assume yeah, everybody I wants it. to go to Disney I first. All right, hold on, hold on. Here's here's a good one. Top five vacation destinations for Henrik Klonquist. Oh, I feel like like Italy because you'd just be oh. so beautiful there. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and just not, drinking not wine. Like, not even like Rome. Like someplace off the beaten path. Right. Like. And he just makes it beautiful. Italy, yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like weirdly, I could see him in like Egypt, like you know, a little bit of sand on his face, like like yep. ruffled, yep. like he hasn't shaved in a few days. On like a, the hair's got a little sand on in a it. beach in New Zealand. Yeah, Shirt, shirtless, in, in, just walking around. Just I feel like I feel like he's a Rio guy. Oh, yeah, he probably. Would, he would he would love taking Instagram pictures underneath Big Jesus. Oh yeah, <laughs> Big G. <laughs> uh, All right, P and Fifth place. I'm going to go – you know what? Dude probably loves Bangladesh or some random shit like that. Like yeah. what he, he, he'd fucking eat it up being just completely unrecognized by a whole population of people. Mm-hmm. Going somewhere that they don't know what hockey is. No. I feel like that's Bangladesh. But they would all look at him like, that. what is that? That's beautiful. Can yeah, I, what can is I buy that? that? Is that viable? <laughs> is that our president? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone knows that. No, no, there's no, no more terms in China. Anyway, um, I'm getting really political on today's episode. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, where were we even going with this? Hank needs to take a couple games off. I want the Rangers to have the best. What's your worst-case worst scenario, Woj, for who wins the lottery? Who do you know want to see Dallin with the least? Chicago. Yeah. They don't deserve it. What about the Islanders? Um, no, they fuck, if the Islanders had the number one pick, they'd fuck it up and take Kachuk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have Yeah. Um... They feel like uh, we don't we don't need a defenseman. We're no, gonna yeah, Chicago, Chicago was my answer also. Chicago's my answer. I don't just because they're so fucking awful that like they have a really good chance. I think like Arizona's my like sneaky pick who I want to have get it because I think Dallin and OEL on the blue line would be fun as hell to watch. But um yeah, I don't want Chicago to get it at all. Poor kid. I still just <laughs> I don't want him going to Edmonton because I don't want them to ruin him. Right. And it just wouldn't be fun at that point. Like, Edmonton stinks, too. No, not at all. Yeah, they're they're, they'd find a way to miss the playoffs with McDavid and Darlene. Do you feel yeah. bad for Cam Talbot? No. No, okay. he's getting paid. Okay. If, if that, and I feel better for Rangers fans who are like, oh, we should have kept Talbot. It's like, really? Because Hunter Lunk was just said two Alex, back Alex Heard, who are one of our best friends, fuck off, man. He was like, <laughs> all, all those people that wrote all those articles, like, should we have kept Cam, Cam Talbot and traded Hunter no. Lundqvist? No. No. Like, 
And it, it, like that's, I think, like talk about the fan base to kind of bring it full circle is the Rangers fan base gets very, and I'm sure it's with all hockey fan bases, but they get very attached to their players. So like Talbot had, an, he did an amazing feat when Hank went out. He took us to win the President's Trophy, you know, took us on a hell of a run and we fell in love with him. And then he obviously got shipped out. So it's like, it just sucked to see him go, but like he was a backup fucking goalie. And like, I still feel like it wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, let's, I, let's explore a topic that I, I, I feel like uh, some people don't like talking about. Ooh. How is it fucking possible that Ranger fans don't like, there's a portion of Ranger fans that don't like Henrik Lundqvist. It's stupid. I, it's all shtick. It, it's all a shtick for, for fucking clickbait assholes. Like it's so stupid. Fuck out of my face with that stuff. Like, oh, uh, nothing drives me more crazy. I have so many Henrik Lundqvist haters muted and blocked on Twitter. Like, you can call me fat. You can do anything. Like, make fun of my tweets or tell me I'm wrong or anything like that. But if you slander the name of Henrik Lundqvist in this fucking household, I will find you and I will murder you with my little stubby penis. Like, I, I will. Like, why? Like, you have to lay out like probably the most well-documented argument of all time to convince me that Henrik Lundqvist is bad for the Rangers. No, you can't make that argument. It's just not you there. Cannot. It's just not there. There's, there's, listen, you could have made a bunch of arguments that Derek Cheater should have retired four years early. Sure. Yes. You could have made that argument. Henrik Lundqvist, there's no chance he's ever been bad for the Rangers since even, even up until right now when he's 36 years old. He just, yes. he just had, he just had a 101 safe performance on back-to-back nights where the Rangers should have lost. Both games. Yeah, but he's it's terrible. The, the, he deserves better. We should trade him. Oh, the deserve better thing. Oh, Fuck me, man. Oh, when That's... I saw that headline, <laughs> I fucking spun in my grave and I'm not even dead yet. I was <laughs> so angry when I read that fucking like, how stupid can you be thinking that he does? We like, he owes us something. Motherfucker, he gave us 10 years of like straight success almost. Like seven straight years in the playoffs. Like, what do you mean he owes us anything? Like, he owes us nothing, man. Nothing. Like, like I said, the only thing I have never seen from this man is a picture of his dick on the internet so I can tweet it every time he makes a save. And sorry if I'm nitpicking at that point. Like that's the only thing that man could ever give me that he has. I'm only yet. mad because I've heard it's huge from Sean Avery. Yeah, Sean and, Avery fucking puts that out there. It's like, dude, you have to put a picture of it then. Yeah, come on. This is the internet. Someone's got to uh, – listen, I know everything gets leaked. When that, that day comes, I'm ready. Yes. I'll come too. Like, I'm, I'm so mad he's married because if he was single, like a scorned ex-lover or something would drop that dick pic on the internet so fast. Yeah. I, oh. Come on, man. Hook it up. We need, we need to find Joel Lundqvist and be like, us, hey, look, at your brother's far more successful than you. Drop that dick pic. This Boom, is now the, you're successful. This brings us to the question we wanted to ask you. Um, it's perfect transition. We were talking earlier about the five most handsome athletes in New York in the last 10, 10, 15 years, Greg, is that we went with? I said in our lifetimes. Our lifetimes. That's fine. So 28 okay. years. Um, so we have Henrik Lundqvist one. I think that, yeah, of course. Who's after that? Now we were talking about Alex Rodriguez. We talked about, saying, Ron. we talked about Steven Valcat. We talked about what? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's your boy, and I know he's probably listening, but I'm not saying that's why we did it, but I'm also saying that's why we did it. That's fair. <laughs> All right. That's, okay, as long as that's the minute, like, no offense, Val, you're not no, ugly, not, but like. No, he's a great looking dude. I'm talking about. And then. Well, but, <laughs> tall, tall as fuck. Under, uh, underrated yeah. night game. Yeah, no, not underrated. Like six. And, did you guys see him drop Russian the other night? Like just low key, just drop like fluent Russian? No, I didn't see that. I tweeted the video out of him just like low key, like he was talking about Georgia or whatever, and like he's like criticizing, not criticizing, like um, giving a compliment, like fluent ass Russian. That's like it was, it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Wow. So there's a there's this low key thing I do with um, there's a prospect writer Tobias. He's done some stuff for us. He's interacted with us a lot. Uh, he's Swedish, so 
Anytime he gets really worked up about stuff, I just go on Google Translate and type stuff in Swedish and tweet it to him. <laughs> and he's he's tweeted back being like, wow, how do you know so much Swedish? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't man. know anything. I just, I just, it up. <laughs> Rosetta Stone, bitch. All right, so, wait, so we have we have seriously, let's get back to this. Henrik Lundqvist won. Oh, yes. I, I think A-Rod is, a, is, is confirmed in the top five for me. Can I put a sneaky one in there? Yeah, absolutely. I love David ones. Wright. Guys, that's, that's, that's sneaky. sneaky. David Wright. He put David it on Wright. the list. Damn. David Wright's on there. So what I tell you? That's a that's one beautiful man. That's a whole handsome American boy. What's like, you, where's where do you put Derek Jeter? Uh, not on there. Yeah, okay. Woj, not on Woj there. Is, Woj is my guy. I fucking love Woj. This is why yeah. we bring him on all the time. Not on there. A Rod's on there. No, yeah, A Rod's definitely now, on there. Now a low key one I had for Ryan. He didn't appreciate it, but you might. Move on, Dick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. I feel like I feel like this could be like a beautiful dissertation. Baby. Like I feel like you could do a month straight work on this, like on this specific list. Yeah. Have have the Knicks had a beautiful person? Like is is David Lee the most attractive Nick? Uh, probably I mean, not. I was gonna say Porzingis is ugly as sin. Yeah, he is. is it like I'm tr- I'm struggling to think of a Nick where I was like, oh damn. Listen, I think I think we should do this. We'll we'll come back. We'll circle back on this, and we'll do a side podcast on beautiful men. I'll say I feel like this has to be like a like a whole podcast on its own. Yeah, let, let's let's do that. We'll circle back, circle back, boys, and then from there we'll do that. Okay, so what? we got we haven't put out a bonus pod in a while. We'll do a bonus pod with Woj, and it's just beautiful New York athletes of the last twenty five years. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, because I'm, I'm gonna do my homework on it for sure, and we'll and we'll we'll post an article after with pictures. We'll do that. And we can yeah. we can split it between GSN and Bullshit Breakaway somehow. And then there will be that that portion of Rangers Twitter that doesn't like me that'll criticize me for judging men because I'm a straight white male. Yeah, so we'll, come on, we'll come right back to that. Wait, I'm all I'm all about pissing off people. That's kind yeah, of me too. I'm, I'm heteroflexible. It's okay. Um, well, <laughs> what, let, let's 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 bring let's bring us back a little bit to the Rangers if we can. Uh, as a fan, will you be? We 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 kind of danced around this a little bit. Are you going to be disappointed, angry, upset if this team doesn't make the playoffs next year? No, I'm not expecting to. What like, is what is your goal for next year? Have fun. Watch some, mm-hmm. watch some match Rangers hockey. As much as Leo Anderson would probably hate me for saying that, like just have fun next year. Like that's all it's going to be about. Like there'll be there'll be times when they're probably going to go on a stretch and be like, oh, this team's going to put together a run. And there's probably be time in next year where they're going to probably lose six, seven straight, like they did this year. Like they're they're not going to be as competitive. They they still need to get star power. That's the one thing the Rangers have lacked. Now, like this is something I've been thinking about. Not named Henrik Lundqvist. Who is the last like legitimate superstar the Rangers have had on their roster? So like, I know what Greg's gonna say, and I disagree. But go on, Greg. I'm not gonna say Rick Nash. Okay. What? I'm, I to, to Woj's point, what the Rangers have done is they've gotten star names, but they yeah. haven't been stars anymore. Right. Rick Rick Nash, Martin St. Louis, Brad Gabrick, Brad Richards, fucking. They, they, these were guys Eric that Stahl, were stars. Thirty five goal scorer Eric Stahl. Yeah. And these were guys that were stars, and it's not that they were bad when they were Rangers. They were just different players. Mm-hmm. Like, to Woj's point, I guess the biggest star that the Rangers have had. Hmm. Um, there is. I, it's probably. I mean, the closest is probably Rick Nash. Yeah, yeah I knew. That's why we were going. Yeah, but I, I, I personally wouldn't call him a star. I would just say he's the closest to that definition. 
And I think that's been their problem is they don't have a game changer. And it's not easy just to find one. I'm not saying the Rangers can just look out in the street and find one. But this draft is going to be very fucking important with three first round pick and eight overall picks in the first three rounds because they have a chance to get some guys like they obviously just signed uh, Tyroning today. Like, again, who knows what he can be in the NHL? He was a stud in his league. Somehow so. we didn't even mention the Tyron. So, Tyron <laughs> It's just like small moves like that where like they're they're casting such a wide fucking net to have a chance to make one of these guys into a legitimate superstar, like their own homegrown superstar, like something like the Yankees did. As much as I hate to fucking say it, they're trying to find one of their homegrown guys who are going to step up and take over. And that's just something the Rangers haven't had in like years. Like you said Nash was as close as they've had to it, like a legit superstar who is still kind of in their prime with the Rangers. So it's like. They need to find that game-changing guy. They need to find their John Tavares when they sign him this year in the offseason. Oh, 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 by the way, I was going to say, you're dancing around it. You said they're, they're not just out on the streets. He's physically out on the streets. I know this, I, it's going to sound crazy. I know I'm going to take shit for this. I'm kind of talking myself into it. This whole, I, 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 Yeah, I'm, this, I'm completely in the This hole. whole podcast, I've been sitting here for like two hours like, ooh, you know what? I think it could happen. The cap I, space I, will be there. I, and, it's your team, man. Here's – Here's the thing about Tavares. Um, I've already made I made a I think I made a good argument for things that he might consider. I really don't think the Rangers are going to sign him, but it's going to just tickle tickle me pink to bring it up to an Islander fan every fucking day this offseason. There's going to be one of those like insider tweets or one of those fucking like Muppet uh, fake <laughs> NHL insider accounts who's going to be like sources are linking Rangers heavily to John Tavares, and that alone will ruin so many Islanders fans' days. That'll be so fucking sweet and worth it when I'm sitting in my pool just drinking a margarita, just knowing we're not going to sign him, but. It's just ruining everybody's day. Oh, I can't wait. That's it's it's never really happened, right? A New York star in his prime has never left his team for another New York team. Nope. Oh. nope. It's it's never happened in any sport. Think about it. It's not like the Knicks ever signed Jason Kidd fresh in his prime. Mm-hmm. Vince Carter fresh in his prime. The Nets never signed Patrick Ewing. The Mets never signed anybody good. The Yankees never signed any Met because they all blow. Like it's never happened. So this could be the first time in New York professional sports history that a franchise player moves boroughs. And it's going to be – And, it, I'm, it and be, I'm really buying – I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. You're not helping, you're not helping my cause. <laughs> I'm drinking I just, it. It was no, just I'm, wiggling I'm here, the whole I'm time you're saying that. I drink your Kool-Aid. I drink it up. <laughs> I'm here to fan the flames. It's going to be – it would be – I can't think of a moment in New York professional sports history more – just depressing oh. for any fan base than the guy you've anointed the one leaving you for a big brother. That's, go, that's go on one last couple on with Henrik Lundqvist. Oh, God. Oh, Him Jesus. And, the, the image of Lundqvist passing the cup to Tavares. <laughs> Crying. First, well, first of all, oh. Tavares would get the cup first because he's the captain. Like <laughs> yeah. that would that would be the thing that really just digs the oh, fucking the knife into their back. It's like oh, not only did we sign Tavares, but he's our captain. I want to just go oh. ahead and say this has been an episode of Bushwick's Breakaway Fan Fiction. Thanks for listening. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just moaning over here at this point. Yeah, this is just fanfic. This, this is just fan service, really. But you know what? You know what happens if first of all, if the Rangers sign Tavares and AV still the coach, he's playing second line wing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost just second, some, second, second line wing. Kill. For some reason, Faust is the center of that line, and Jimmy VC <laughs> is playing as well. Cody McLeod's still eating up Kill minutes. Me. Oh, all right. So, are oh. you guys? Wait, are you guys on my uh, let Jimmy VC walks? Uh, yeah, we were just talking yeah, about the co-host. Of of the like twelve restricted free agents the Rangers have, I assume VC is the one that's gone yeah, first and foremost. I don't. I mean, again, I don't hope so, but like. 
if it's at the expense of like not being able to sign a guy like Nemestinikov or Spooner or Hayes, yeah, Jimmy VC, I'll fucking pack your bags for you, buddy. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't have time for you. Thanks for showing up. When, when yeah. even even when you think about it, if even if they trade VC, there's still a very good chance the Rangers may have to move one of Spooner, Nemestikov, and Hayes. I know. As much as much as I love the fact that the Rangers have cap room, in a th- in in a way, yes, the Rangers finally have enough money that they can just sign everybody. But it doesn't make much sense to do that. You just that throws away all the flexibility you just built. Yeah, because you're trying to sign John Tavares one year, and then the <laughs> next year you're trying to get Eric Carlson. So. <laughs> It's and, be, and don't forget, don't forget your Dowdy. It's going to be you tough gotta, signing all the play. You, you got to make two it guys in that top line. <laughs> uh, fan fiction. What a great time. So, uh, listen, we all agree that next year is going to be sort of fun. It has been nice watching the Rangers and being like, wow, I don't feel pressure or expectation. And, <laughs> I um, literally don't care about anything. <laughs> it's amazing. I have it on the side. I'm like, dude, I'm playing Fortnite, you know, yep. on PC where you should be playing it. And then, Fuck you. <laughs> and then I, I had the Rangers on. It's, it's great. It's a great time. So uh, I just I want to I want to see the kids develop. Just make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I know that my my next cup run or my next like the upcoming the rebuild stops for me around 2020, and that's when I get serious again. Yeah. So, so the rebuild stops for you when the Rangers are in the third year of the Tavares contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second, right? The second. But yeah. Oh God. All right. Well, anything else we want to talk about? Zero. Woj, you got you got you got. Let's let's talk about this for a second, Woj. Um, What's up, man? Why are you on my corner? Oh, yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, I'm, corner? Happy, I'm happy you're back, but why are you on my corner? Yeah, what like, what Greg's, Greg means our corner? I just want to put it in here. No, 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 no. Oh. I physically... <laughs> I say, I say, you guys have, like, some personal issues to work out before this. Like, Greg just completely kicked you off the corner. <laughs> well, I, I am just saying the only... Of the people hosting Blue Shirts Breakaway, you've decided only one is important enough to come on the Garden Faithful. Yes, you got one here as a reoccurring guest. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you, you you chose you chose what horse to latch on. By the way, I guess we'll I guess we'll talk about some things. I didn't know that Greg was going on to Garden Faithful that night, <laughs> and and I was fucking pissed off. I was out at dinner with somebody, and I was complaining the entire time that Greg was on the Garden Faithful without me. I I was literally she was like, "Are you going to shut up about this fucking podcast?" And I was like, "No, my co-host just went on my rival podcast without me, and I'm pissed." This girl's like, this is the worst date ever. Yeah, she's still talking about it. I don't get it. Just since since I'm in a fanning the flames kind of move, I believe Woj's words were, hey, you want to get Ryan involved in this? I was like, nah, he's fine. I I, I was pissed. I was like, and I I literally was like, on the date, here's what I did. I was like, if I did this to Greg, I would never hear the fucking end of it. I would never hear it. Yeah, you did did it to me, though. When? With Joe? Yeah, you went on the blue shirt, bantering the blue shirt. That doesn't count. I'm not. I'm not reminding you about it every day, am I? No. I, am I reminding you about this every day? Uh, hmm. this is the first time I've ever even brought up that I was angry. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I've Greg, never I even think, told you that. Greg, I think we might have to bring you on again. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready to go whenever. <laughs> I will. I will punt my sleep schedule to come okay, on the Okay, first off, now that we're getting into the bullshit, I offered to help Woj with the podcast like every week for like five weeks. Yep. And it never happened. I was like, hey, nope. man, I'll help you in every, whatever you need. I got your back. He's like, yeah, man, Fortnite's great. I was like, oh, wow. yeah, Fortnite's so good. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, it's a legit addiction. I, and that's a problem. I'm fucking lazy to sin. So I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. And I don't do it for weeks. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm just fucking lazy. Like, I'm like, I can go home and put effort into this and think of a name and try to book guests and like, or I could just take my dick out and play Fortnite. Yeah. And I know <laughs> like, you're going to do like, that. So it's fine. And you know what? The craziest part is you're still going to get the guests. <laughs> <laughs> probably not <laughs> probably not 
So that's well. I'm I'm available whenever you want me. Yeah, I say. I like I like a separate podcast. <laughs> you know what? You know what you should do. You should do separate podcasts. One with Ryan, one with me, and let's see what the listeners decide. We'll see which one gets more hits. Wow. That's actually that's that's. A, I don't want to pin you two against each wow, other. Wow, radio you wars. Just, you just gave me free content without even trying. <laughs> Well, we just did it it's with good you. publicity for everybody. To be fair, like yeah, I was. Great for everybody. I'm not. And saying... I'll make the announcement. I'll make the announcement on your show. Who was the winner? <laughs> yeah, you come back. Look at that crossover. Listen, I'm not trying to start radio wars with you guys, but I mean, it, it doesn't even sound like you're starting radio wars with them. It sounds like it sounds we're like starting radio wars with each other. I'm not trying to start a war with everyone I know, but I mean, I kind of am. Ryan's about to go scorched earth on I, everyone. I am. <laughs> I, look, all I'm saying is. I bet I get more like more listens. Absolutely. Yeah. I, all I'm also saying is stop posting on Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 a little. I, but let's go behind the curtain here. Won't text us like, "Hey, man, getting back in the podcast game. You guys are family." Yeah, I, I responded want- with "Fuck you, you piece of shit." And I, I responded with, "I love hearing you. I want to hear more of you. I love it." And then I waited five minutes and said, don't post on fucking Tuesdays. And you drop your first episode on a Tuesday. <laughs> it was after the trade deadline. I don't schedule this. It's Gary Bettman's fault. Yeah. We okay. are posting on yeah, Wednesdays. We, we all blame Bettman too. Uh-oh. We are posting I, on Wednesdays. I appreciate, we appreciate yeah. it. Everyone again, like, and to make me, you just made me look like the good guy again. On a, I don't know if you meant to, but like you guys were the first and only ones I reached out to. In terms and of like going back in, and, and do we like being the bad guys? Yes, we do. <laughs> so. Woj, Woj, everybody needs a Monday Night Raw and a SmackDown Live. You're right. You gotta, let, you gotta let us be Raw, and we'll let you be SmackDown. I got AJ Styles, so I can live with that. Like I was about to be really offended by you calling me SmackDown, but like <laughs> I can live with that. SmackDown's got the better roster. Man. He's the best performer. Oh, yeah, I mean, we can have another podcast on that. WrestleMania is gonna stink. I actually oh. want to have a, a mini debate real quick. We kind of talk. I, you mentioned this on Twitter. I was talking to my good friend Angel, who's been on the podcast before. Who do you think the better villain is between Joker and Magneto? Magneto. It's Magneto. It's not even close, right? To me, Magneto. It's, not, it's not even close. Again, like by what? law, I have. <laughs> it's, it's Joker. Why? Because you Ma- saw one Magneto, good movie. No, with Magneto him? blurs the fucking line. There are sometimes he's not a villain. No, he's always my a villain. Bat to the bone all the time. One hundred. Joker is always the worst. He's like exactly that makes him the villain, the better villain. Magneto's just the more deep villain. He's got like the deep storyline. No, Magneto might be a deeper person, but he's a shit villain because sometimes he's a good guy. No shit villain. He's the best villain he's, of all time. He's 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 a wrestler. He he goes between face and heel every other movie. He's it's nev- a big show. Joker, Joker is straight up fucking the Joker. He's he's he, bad to the bone. He's well, doing the joke. He's doing himself on stage. Yeah. <laughs> he's twisted. No, it's it's the Joker, man. Joker's the better villain. This Who's is the Joker. Best? The Joker never flirts with good. Joker Who's only the, does chaos. Who's the best Joker? It's Heath Ledger. Yeah, it's Heath Ledger. It's Ledger. Close. Wrong. It's Mark Hamill. He failed. Oh, that's a good one, but no. It's Heath Ledger. It, it, man. I think Nick uh it goes Ledger, uh sorry, Hamill, and then Nicholas. Mine's Hamill, Nickel Nicholson, Nicholson whatever sorry. his name is. And Ledger. Yeah, Nick, Jack Ledger, Nicholas, third. the golfer, is a shit joker. Jack Nicholas is terrible. Joke. His, his name is the Golden Bear. I don't know how that <laughs> works as a joker. No, it's it's Ledger. Ledger is – I'll go one step further. Ledger is the best movie villain in history. Ooh, uh, Ooh in history. History? Yeah. Like, like you're, you're bumping Darth Vader out? Uh, yeah, um, because again, Vader flirts with the good. Here's a hot I need take. A guy that's just straight bad. Here's a hot take. I, I think Kylo Ren's better than Vader. Woo. I Woo. think I think Kylo's got good in him. I again, my villain can't have so good. So he in can't him. have good at all. So you think? No. So 
basically Magneto because he's like defending mutants, and you can you can kind of see his side at some point. He's sort of good. Yeah, he's got good tendencies. Hmm. The yeah. Joker is pure chaos. Whereas Joker's just chaos for chaos' sake. No Joker's just what. a dick. Yeah, he's just a dick. Makes him a good villain. <laughs> Makes him a great a villain. Now, can you? This is my last my last point about this. Can you name a and don't do Thanos because we haven't we're not even there yet. Um, and I know you have that tattoo. I get it. Can you name a like who's the third villain? If you were like naming best superhero comic book villains, who's number three on that list? So just best overall comic book villains? Yeah, like where do you even go from there? So like if you go top five villains, it's definitely Magneto Joker one, two, always. Magneto Joker, and then Joker I mean Again, mine would be Thanos, but if we're not saying Thanos, I think like Doomsday, because he killed Superman. Like that's a big fucking See, deal. That, that's that, that's the point of why I think super like superhero movies need good villains. That's why Loki's yeah. been around for so long in the Marvel series. And then also well, you did say good villains though, right? And you just mentioned Loki. Well, Loki's a good villain. They keep him around for a mm. reason. Because Tom Hiddleston's so fucking that's, pretty. That's the real reason. I will I will say this. Um, if if we're gonna say Killmonger is a villain, yeah, I'll be bad for him. Oh my god. Oh yeah, he was good. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're not no spoilers of Black Panther because it's too new, but he's really good. He, where you guys rank that movie in top of MCU? I think I got five or six. I wasn't. Okay, good. We're I, in the same spot. I wasn't really like everyone was like, "Oh my god, it's the greatest!" Thought same. It, thought it. Yep. Th- thought it was good. Don't, don't yep. get me wrong. Thought it was really good, but I definitely have. I have Avengers one at five. I have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think at four. Then Thor Ragnarok at three. Then uh, Winter Soldier, and then Civil War one. See, my flip-flop, I got Winter Soldier 1, Civil War 2, but that's, yeah, that's same, point. That's yeah same point. Yeah, same I don't, point. And you, I, you can flip-flop Guardians and Thor also, I think. Exactly, yep. I don't know if I can rank my Marvel movies per se, but I, as much as I love Black Panther, and I fucking loved it, that was a great ride every step of the way, and I think they made some really fun choices with it. I feel like people have just forgotten how fun Ragnarok was. Right. Ragnarok's in my top three. Comes out tomorrow. Phenomenal. Free so advertising. Fun. So Comes fun. out on Blu-ray tomorrow. Does it? Oh, wow, nice. Yeah. Um. That movie fun from start to finish. I had a great time. This movie, I never really... And it's going to sound crazy. And Black, Black Panther, no spoilers. I never got tense. I was never like, ooh. Yeah, me either. Tense here. No. Black Panther, I think, was maybe the best um, let's establish a character movie. Yep. Like, Black Panther is better than Iron Man. It's better than Captain America. It's better than the first Thor. The world it's building better... is incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if, like, if we're doing... Like origin story movies only, I would put Black Panther probably number one. I think See, I, I did like I liked Iron Man. I was gonna say I think I have Iron Man one before uh, yeah. before that, but yes, I, I like but Iron I agree. Man it's one, close. and I like I like that it's like it's also the first, so you're going to have a love for it no yep. matter what because it establishes mm-hmm. everything. everything. Uh, I I I'm still a big Ant Man fan. I think Ant Man. Yeah, oh spooky. my god! See, yeah. I, I didn't watch Ant Man, but the trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp looks awful. Just throwing it, it out there. It looks really bad. They should yeah, never have supposed, done it. It's supposed to be Marvel's first romantic comedy. I just don't think it's going to work. No. No, stop. See, like, like, they tried to be super different with Homecoming, and I didn't dislike Homecoming, but I just, again, I was so, just, I, again, I never got tense, and I just walked out. I was like, okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> all, that was good. Right. It, was, it was better than fucking Andrew Garfield crying for two hours. So, yeah. yeah. So, Black Panther, best origin story. But, I mean, it's not a, I don't think it's top three for me. I no, really like no. I really like Ragnarok. Me too. So actually, actually, I, I might take it back. I think the first Guardians might be better than Black Panther too. Yeah, yes, it is. It is. It is. Yes, yeah. it is. That's exactly. So what, I would. That's, you have the exact same list as us then. <laughs> yeah, so you just named our <laughs> list. No, no, I'm, but I, I, I forgot that like the first Guardians is actually a origin story. So I would put the first Guardians oh, okay, above okay, Black okay. Panther. Black saying. Panther number two. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Fair, yeah. 
Incredible movie. Uh, we're actually going to keep you on for 10 more minutes, Woj, but not on this podcast. We're going to keep oh, you on shit. for the bonus. Let's go. We're going to talk Oscars in our in our Patreon extra. Ooh. I know. That's hot stuff. You know this. Hot stuff. So thanks for coming on, buddy. Anything you want to plug other than your shitty podcast? I mean, your podcast that's so great. No, uh, just follow me on Twitter. I really appreciate the follows. Woj is Thank the you. best Ranger Twitter follow. I don't want to blow him, but I just did. Um, um, I really appreciate that. I strive every, you know, strive for greatness every day. I wake up every day. I was like, how can I get Chris Kreider's dick picture out there without my, him scoring? My <laughs> my Twitter is whack as hell. Greg does a great job of Bullshit's Breakaway Twitter. Um, he really does. Yeah, we're over, not to we're toot over Greg's a, dick, but we're over a thousand now. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's come a started, long way. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Hey, Greg, I'll, Greg, I'll let you plug that Twitter handle when you come on the podcast next week. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I will make sure to say that I am responsible for 98.7% of the tweets on that Twitter account, too. Oh, yeah. There's like, I have like five tweets, maybe. When you, when you guys threw that up for me. Three of them were accidents, too. Yeah. yeah. When you guys threw that up for me, it made everything so much easier for me. Yeah. And now that I have your guys' phone number, it just makes everything so much easier. Yeah. You just, I give my phone number out way too much. Um, to people, <laughs> no, I should, I'm to, right there with you. To there, people, I should. As soon as people realize who I am and they realize that they have my phone number, I might be fucked. Yeah. There's certain people I like talking to. Like Dan LaRose, shout out Dan LaRose. Uh, and then others, I'm like, what am I doing? Um, yep. all right. James Clark? No, I love James. I'm not <laughs> even going to get into that. I love James. <laughs> Whatever. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> I'm moving on here. Love you guys. Let's go back to the Patreon Extra. Wait, we, we plugged everything for you, right? We're good? Yeah. All right, we're out here. We follow, us at, follow us on Twitter at Pushers Break. And we'll see you next week. Enjoy. Thank you for staying for through everything. We just talked about so much shit. Butthole Boys out. <laughs> Stay to the Rangers. We're, we're here next week. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.